When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Injured at work in a motor vehicle accident or had a fall in a public space? Speak to Your Claim Lawyers, a no-win, no-fee, personal injury claims law firm that specialises in maximising compensation claims for injured people. Call 1-800-YOUR-CLAIM or yourclaimlawyers.com.au. It's Ty Power's Big Footy final sale. To kick things off, you can get the power to buy three and get one free on selected Toyo passenger car and SUV tyres. Ty Power's Big Footy final sale can't last. Visit typower.com.au now. Chemist Warehouse has your Christmas gift sorted. Find David off Cool Water for Men 125ml for just $39.99. And Kogan Mobile, New Zealand's cheapest unlimited prepay plans. Visit koganmobile.co.nz. This is Izzy and Kempi for breakfast on SENZ. Yes, good morning everyone. Hope you're doing well. Halfway through the week is in Kempe. Ready to rip in. Welcome. Wednesday, 23rd of November. And it's just after 6 o'clock. Morena to you team up there in Tamaki, Makoto, Auckland, Louis, Kempe, Joe, Neeps and Aroha. How you doing team? Yeah, pie brother. Atamari. It's a nice morning, lots of soccer on this morning. Geez, a result last night, eh, with Argentina? How about that? It, uh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you wouldn't want to be uh, You wouldn't want to be on them in, in the sweepstakes. Who actually got them, do we know? Oh, you'll love this. <laughs> Staffy. Oh, no. Oh, no. <laughs> I was actually thinking that same thing. Who got it? Staffy. Mate, oh, they're just... Uh, one of the teams that you just always can't break down. Why they haven't had any success for a very long time at any major events. And they've just gone out and done that after a 30-game winning streak or something like that. Wow, we. 
South Arabia 2-1, and some punter had a wee go too. So if you're that punter, oh, I feel for you, brother. I feel for you. 16,000 or something like that for Argentina for a 14% profit, and they lost. Steve-o. Mm. <laughs> Wasn't Kempi. <laughs> Definitely not. I actually didn't even know Argentina were playing. So mm. we wake up this morning to see that. It was like, whoa, that's <laughs> I guess that's the result, uh that's the result of the World Cup so far. But like, plenty of soccer. I was just happy my Wales boys, but Mr. Bale got us home with a penalty penalty against USA yesterday. So I'm still alive up there at the top of the table. But um yeah, mate, lots obviously lots of soccer going on. The cricket uh, last night as well, being rained off. That was pretty interesting. Man, the, we're just talking about the weather up here in Auckland, is he? It's crazy, yeah. mate. Absolutely crazy. You'd think you'd think we're still in winter. It's cold, mm. it's wet, it's blowing a gale. Apparently for the rest of the week, so I just read the weather report, it's, um, for the rest of the week it looks like we're going to get plenty more rain and thunder and, and lots of wind. So, um, yeah, a lot of people will be pretty disappointed rolling the Christmas not having any sun yet. Yeah, it's crazy. It's crazy. Like down here too, it's a bit overcast on the left. And look over the right, she's blue. So she's a weird old uh, situation we've got now for for summer. Like, yeah, you're dead right. Like a washed out T20 series. Like it was raining in the first one, limp through the second one. And then yesterday had to go to DRS. And we all know what happened in there at, at the end of that game. And, oh, they're moving to the ODIs now, the 50-over format. Hopefully we can get some good weather. they got their last game down here next Wednesday, so hopefully Christchurch can play its part. But you're dead right, Kempe. Everywhere around the country is raining. It's going to be a pretty dire weekend, I'm reading. So uh, hopefully that isn't the case. But I'll talk to you about our show we got coming up, lads, because uh, a nice show for us for a Wednesday. Lots of chatter in the north in regards to Scott Robinson and Ronan O'Gara. This morning, we'll hear from one of my fellow fullbacks and good friend, Mike Brown, who played 72 caps for the England side, and I played against them plenty of times. He's a great mate. He's a hell of a player. Still running around there for the bar bars, and he had an outstanding connection with um, Damien McKenzie. If you remember in one of those games, a little, uh, little banana kick to the middle, and then Brownie gets over. Brownie actually played 350 games for the Harlequins as well. 351 games for the Harlequins, and now he's playing for the Newcastle Falcons. Still going, is old Mike Brown. So looking forward to having a chat to him after 7 o'clock, and I get a sense that he's super excited about what Razor offered him in those last couple of weeks. And uh, I think, like I said yesterday, boys, the cards are starting to align. Up there in the north, we'll starting get a little sense from Brownie. They're all starting to fall into place. Anyway, uh, time to talk some baseball. And we'll talk to a young man who has a big, big year ahead of him. Stay tuned And as Jason Matthews will join the show at 7.40. He's playing for the Tataras, but he's got a big year ahead. And uh, it's a wonderful story. And I want I want you to, to stay tuned and listen to that from Jason Matthews around 7.40. And then after, uh, after 8 o'clock. Guy Evelt will join the show. We'll talk some uh, cricket and uh, talk about the Black Caps and where do they go from now and uh, the be the year that they have ahead. So looking forward to having a cat a catch up with Guy. So double eight double three on the Temper Bid Post text machine. Oh eight hundred one five zero eight eleven on the Kennard's higher phone line. 
you make this show we love to hear your opinion what you have to say so let us know big show if you've got any questions for any of our guests let us know big show lads that's a nice show too Mom, look, I'm actually looking forward to listening to someone's uh, opinion about Razor and Ryan Agar up in England from a from an English perspective especially from an, a player for England too because that's a, a totally different view from the other side of the world um, the other one too is he Sammy uh, Hewitt did the show on Monday morning with us and he said look you, you've got to watch FIFA un, Uncovered and it's taken a couple of days to get through it but I'll tell you what you've got to watch it Seriously, it give you a different perspective of what's happen, happening at the moment in Qatar. Um, but it also got me thinking about sport in general and how corrupt sport becomes at the top level in any country. You know, even little old New Zealand it got me thinking about New Zealand and, and people sitting in seats in New Zealand and what happens to sports. Nowhere near as big as FIFA. They call FIFA the bank. This is in this re- referring to um, soccer and FIFA in this documentary. They call them the bank. Just writing writing out checks. You have to watch it. Honestly, you will get a div- you will, you will walk away going, wow, that's that's just unbelievable. Um, what happened since I think it was oh geez, it was early seventies. It started and it was just a, it started off as amateur, and then it, obviously we know what it is now. All based on this World Cup. But the amount of power they have around the world uh, is unbelievable. Governments with mm. governments, um, yeah, all based on where, the, where you take the World Cup. And, and you'll definitely get a good understanding why the World Cup's in uh, Qatar. Yeah, mate, it's been the biggest story for the last couple of years. I'm going to watch that, Kempi, because that's the thing. You know little bits, you know little bits, and then you get these. Is it on Netflix? It's on Netflix, yep. Um, yep. it's it's pretty well up to date too. Basically, it takes you right through until the uh, just before the kick off, the building of stadiums and that. They're talking about one of the the saddest things about it is migrant workers passing away. And they're talking um, several thousand migrant workers passed away while whilst building yep. the stadiums. Because when they when they um, pitched for the World Cup, they only had one stadium. They had no hotels. Um, for people yep. to stay, so they basically had to go around and build all the hotels and all the stadiums, and they did this report on the weather, and obviously that's why we're playing the the uh, the Soccer World Cup now, and we've, we've canned all the seasons around the world, is because it was basically in 5 million degree heat when when it was mm. normally being played, and they had to change the the, um, the timing of the World Cup, but, the, but, but what they didn't change was how the migrant workers work through this heat, and Mate, it is a sad, sad story, honestly. And you can see why people are up in arms over a number of things and why they're, why they're saying and being really vocal about what this um, World Cup is actually meaning to the world. You know, so um, we've seen, I thought about it yesterday because we talked about it, you know, these players who start to, I guess, profile through the World Cup. Well, Iran did it, didn't they? They they didn't listen. They were the first to, to, to start it. They... they didn't um, they didn't recognise the national anthem? Uh, look, I think there's going to be a lot more happening between now and the final of the World Cup. Uh, especially, you know, I think if anyone's listening, just take take time out. It's a limited series. It's four episodes. Um, it is interesting. Mm. Nice, Kempi. I've just written that down, and that's something. My wife's watching Yellowstone at the moment. Anyone watch, anyone watch that? Yeah, that's great. Yeah, I watched I'm Up to Date <laughs> as rip. of last night. Oh, Rip, he's a legend. 
Yeah. Oh, I, I'm up to date so, as last night, and uh, I uh, that I just want to be a cowboy so bad. I want to be a cowboy <laughs> yeah. so bad. It is. I could picture you with your hay and your little and your tooth there. This, you know, after you're dancing, and I got sent on the email. You look like a little bit of a cowboy in the in the in the, Line in dancing. the saloon. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It was with a stitch up, wasn't it? On what was that? I don't even know. What was it like? Mate, can you talk us through your your moves? Or? Uh, when you have Izzy, you know, when you have a collection, it just courses through you. you. Nobody knows what's happening. You don't. You can't. You can't explain what makes what happens when you have a collection. No, I'm I'm, I'm up to date with Yellowstone. Love Yellowstone. Nice. The other one, boys. Speaking of TV series, I don't know if you guys have watched White Lotus. Yeah. I watch your first series. Nope. Yeah. Hilarious. This is a new season. Yeah. And it is loose. Yeah, the White Lotus. That could be a good one for you and Daisy, is it? It's um it's mm. it's funny, mate. It's uh, Mike White, he's a brilliant T V producer and um that's on Neon, I think, at the moment. But yeah, Yellowstone, loving that. God, there's so much do you oh. guys just get overwhelmed by the amount of content out there? Like I find it like through all my podcasts I try to keep up with this show, other ECNZ shows, then all the TV shows, then the sport. It's quite overwhelming how many options there are for content these days. There's tons. There's tons of options out there that you, need to, you can listen to. But Twitter, mate, Twitter's the hell of a hell of a little tool. And Obviously, it's going, been mad with its controversy as of late. But uh, that's the source of information. And one of the, lo- one of the pundits I love following is he's coming up on our show later. He's always informative with, with his information. This guy, about, oh. he knows exactly... <laughs> Everything before anyone else knows, and it's bloody good. It's gold. So there is a lot of sources out there, uh, Louis and Kimpy. There's plenty. Where do you start? More yeah. Twitter. <laughs> yeah, Havel, we won't tell Havel that you said that he's the source of all information because he thinks he knows everything. But he, um, yeah. was, do you remember when Hayden Wild came on the show and he said that? Havel had been pesting around trying to yeah, get the yeah. scoop. He said he's an absolute pest, that guy Havel. Well, he, yeah, got, yeah. he got the scoop. And I don't know if you saw last week that it was dismissed, the appeal. So Hayden stuck with a silver, but Havel has gone mm. off on it. So we have to ask him about that. He's wrote in this, written this big um, opinion piece about how it was a disgrace to everyone involved. And Oh, boy. So he'll be uh, fired up on that. And just as we've seen on our television here, Poland have just missed a penalty or had a penalty saved by the Mexican goalkeeper. So, um, Nipia, that's your Mexico team, isn't yeah. it? They are hanging in there, mate. They're staying strong. Very yeah, that's good. the one, boys. I'm stoked. Go, the Mexicans. <laughs> <laughs> Hola, como esta? Follow the light. <laughs> uh, I've got my Belgium tomorrow, lads, so I'll stay so true. There's some nice games today. You got France taking Australia at eight AM today, uh this morning. It'll be uh there was a nil or uh draw between Denmark and Tunisia, nil or between Mexico Poland and Morocco Croatia later on this morning. So plenty of football coming up and remember it's live here on SCNZ. You got Dan McCarty's Man, he just does everything. He just does everything. He's just finished the uh, Cricket World Cup, and he's gone straight into the FIFA. So you can get all your football action live here on SCNZ. But a big show coming up and plenty hey, to talk about, no I've got doubt. a question yes, for you. I've got a question for you. What do you got, mate? Hey, um, what did Kurt pay for that share for Very Elegant? He didn't buy it, did he? Well, someone, someone in the team bought it. Yeah, it was someone in the ownership already. 
Oh, no. I guess not in the ownership. Oh, no? Well, no. No? No, no, no. No, no. Someone, I don't know, bro. Yeah, they, I'll get the scoop, though. They, they put Tim. that on Gavel House, and then it came out yesterday that someone... Well, was it Tim selling his share, is he? Yeah, it was Tim Barry, yeah. He Tw- was... 12.5%. Yeah, yeah, 12.5%. So they couldn't sell it. They didn't meet the reserve, yeah. and then so it went to someone within the ownership already, which is the best way to do it. Mm. Messy situation when you try and keep and breed through those those syndicates. Um, mate, it's tricky, tricky to work out. 12.5%. Pretty cool that Gavel House, which is New Zealand Bloodstock, got to sell it. But I was wondering how it was going to work. So it's mm. good news that someone within the already existing ownership took over because, just, mm. oh, you know what it's like with horses well, and shares. Th- I, yeah, I always think that they should go back to the, the original owners anyway. Um, you know, they've yeah, it's a tough one. I've, I've been in a couple of those situations. So, um, But I just sort of wanted to know whether or not they'd settle on a price if that price is ever going to come out. I want to what know is what it she, worth? What because then worth. you can calculate it. Um, I'll message Tim now, eh? Timmy. So, what do you want to know? What he, price? What well, was, I doubt whether he'd give it to you, but what he what he actually got for twelve and a half percent? I won't say on air. <laughs> yeah. I'll, I'll message you. Just, just ball, message ballpark. Just ballpark. Hey, Kimby. Actually, speaking of your good brood mare, she's racing this weekend. Yeah, well, she was meant to race two weeks ago when they got uh, canned down in Awapuni. You know, they got canned down in Christchurch the Saturday. Well, yeah. Friday they were racing in Awapuni. Yeah. Got the two races out and they canned the race, races, which is, you know, unfortunate because it has been pretty wet down there. But, um, yeah, Alan's, Alan's getting her ready. We, we want to try and target a race before probably the end of January. Um, yeah, she's got a... He'll pick one up. He'll I was, pick one up. I was reading the... Yeah, I was just reading last night that he's got, yeah, he's about four or five at tops left in her, and um, she's obviously safely in fold of Tarzino, and she's had an exhibition gallop, so she's pretty much ready to go fresh. Like, she can give a bit of cheek fresh up. She's got fresh up stats to her. A little bit of sting out of the ground at Tarapa this weekend and the Eagle Technology Stakes. We'll follow that one towards the end of the week. It's pretty exciting. Yeah. No, it's... Um... Group three, more group. She could have some more black type more this black weekend. More black more black top. She's good enough, um, and they and you know you know Louis wants the the, the full fill up the mares too. They actually oh, yeah. tend to run all right. You know they got got that uh, that ability to run a little bit better. So yeah, I wouldn't back against her. Um, fresh up is the you know you're up against all the goodies, um, but. She's got good weight though because it's set weights and penalties. That's right. So she's only carrying fifty four and a half, I think. Um, Oh, red hot chance, but we'll see what the bookies open her at uh, about mm, 2 p.m. today, and tomorrow morning we'll have a chat and we'll work out whether we're going to have a bet. But 20 minutes past 6 o'clock, I reckon it's time to do this. Can't wait question of the day. Yeah, yeah. That's how much it wow. means to the Saudis. <laughs> <laughs> they were so fired up this morning. One of the great World Cup upsets. 2-1 over the Argentina. Was it 34 games in a row they'd won? And they yeah. hadn't, haven't lost an opening round match at the World Cup since 1990. World Cup upsets. Any sport, what's your favourite one? 0800 Double eight, double three. I reckon I know what Kempe's is. What's yours? Oh eight hundred one five zero eight eleven. What is your favourite World Cup upset? Any sport? Here with Kimmis Warehouse. That's the can't wait question of the day. Great savings every day.
Oh, right. It's 26 minutes past six o'clock. My can't wait question of the day is Mexico goes hot on attack against Poland 68 minutes through that game. Is in lieu of uh, Argentina not being wound up for their first game and Saudi Arabia getting over top of them, what's your favourite World Cup upset? Any sport, Kempi? Oh, of course. 2008 is mine. Um, by country mile, mate. One of the best nights I've ever had. Uh, watching the Kiwis just destroy the indebted, sorry, the Invincibles. <laughs> <laughs> what about you, Izzy? Uh, look, I, I, the one that first comes to mind is Japan smashing South Africa. Oh. Now beating South Africa in the last minute in the, the 2015 World Cup. Yes. Can Hesketh in the corner. Look, for because that for me is an uh, upset, like, you know, like, out of nowhere, no one's predicted Japan to beat South Africa at a World Cup, and they did it, and that started their resurgence into the world stage. And now they, everyone expects them to compete everywhere now, and it's bloody good to see. So that would be my biggest upset. It's a huge one. It's a great one. You know, yeah. funnily enough, if we want to go with recency bias, the Black Ferns winning the mm. World Cup just last week mm. is, mate, they shouldn't have won that World Cup. England were the Invincibles, <laughs> the other Invincibles. <laughs> um, some good text messages here, but let's go to Tim in Christchurch. Tim, what do you got for us? Oh, I had the same one as Izzy, but, um, but also um, the other one I had was uh, in 2010, a little old New Zealand uh, nearly beat Italy. It was pretty close, but yeah. ended up holding them to the draw, and they were the world champions at, at that time. Well, we were robbed as well in that game, weren't we, Tim? Yeah, it was Not crazy. Good. It was a bit of, bit of but yeah, but yeah, definitely, definitely Japan versus uh, South Africa. That was one of the best games of rugby to watch as well. And there was no no cards, you know. You couldn't they couldn't sort of make any excuses. They just got beaten up. Bang, Bang. on, Bang on. And you Tim. saw and you saw them crying after that game. You saw the emotions. They made a movie out of it. Eddie Jones was a coach too. <laughs> Eddie loved it. Tim Weir and Morrison was in, imitating Eddie Jones. What a what a quite strong there, aren't they? Um, well, there we go. Mate Martonga versus Kiwis Rugby World League World Cup in 17. Oh. Yeah, they went on a roll. What about Fiji beating the Kiwis? Fiji that, in the that, quarters. That was honestly one of the toughest World Cups to ever watch. Ever. Just, oh. Not just on the field, but off the field. The stuff that was happening off the field was, oh, yeah. No. Stop reminding me. Right. <laughs> Kiwis over the ruse. Let's cheer you up again. Kiwis over the ruse in, two, in 2008 by far. 24 years old, living in Sydney. Wore my Kiwis jersey to work every day for the next six months. <laughs> the Aussie mates hated it as Dale. Shot Dale. <laughs> yeah, good on you, Dale. Norway beating Brazil and France in 1998. They came back from 1-0 down to win 2-1. Yes, Norway beating Brazil was a massive upset, Stephen. Same thing will happen again in this World Cup. I reckon Brazil's cooked. Mm. I just reckon that there's something the South Americans maybe just don't have it this World Cup. So No, nah. they don't. Nah. Yeah. Honestly, you don't want Brazil. Brazil won't even make it through the rounds. I think they're just too overhyped. The, the overhyped team never wins, do they? Look at England. They never win. Never win. You want to be a sleeping giant. Mm. Yeah, like Wales. Netherlands. <laughs> <Not> Belgium. <laughs> 
you guys. Oh yes. my god. Uh, classic. All right, what did it, boys? Abu Dhabi World Triathlon Finals for Hayden Wild this Saturday. Word on the street is he's just spent the whole weekend as a VIP for Red Bull at the F1. Must be nice from Brett. I saw that, Brett. He was um, living it up. Well, his stalker guy, Havel, will be able to give us the details, Brittany. So you, you make sure you tuned in at 5 past 8 a.m. this morning and Havel will have all the details for us. 29 away from 7. 0800 We've only just scratched the surface of this topic. What about There's plenty. the Tall Blacks at the 2003 Basketball World Cup? Or was it 2004? Mm. Or was it 2002? Two. Uh, Two. <laughs> they went really One of them. <laughs> they went really well. Um, that was a big World Cup upset to get that far, but there's so many. Just come through. Oh, 800 Well done, Saudi Arabia, <laughs> knocking off Lionel Messi's Argentina this morning. He's Araho with the news for Kubota, together with shaping and building Aotearoa. SCNZ with 27 minutes away from 7am this morning. We've got a big show coming up. So much sport, rugby, baseball, cricket, everything. And a lot of football as well because the FIFA World Cup is humming. Right now, Daniel McCarty is commentating Mexican Poland game in the SCNZ app. So you can click over there and go tune in if you're sick of us at half an hour into the show. Or you just want to hear, they're into the last quarter of that game and um, well Poland had a chance to go ahead Robert Lewandowski has a little wry smile on his face couple of deep breaths he's done this hundreds of times he's a killer, he's got this he approaches oh! Oh, lower to his left. what a moment, what, what a, a save what a moment, what a save, what a call. There you go. That's what you're missing in the SCNZ app <laughs> right about now. Our man Dan McCarty. Uh, at Bunnings Trade, helping businesses our trade. A couple of sports headlines. You'll like this one, is he? The Highlanders, they've struggled for recruitment mm. traction in recent times. How's this? They've signed uncapped Argentine winger fullback Martin Bogado on a two-year deal. He is a big boy, 191 centimetres, 97 kegs, and he's coming out of France. So they've done a little bit of different scouting. Is he a halfback? <laughs> 97 <laughs> kegs. Mate, you've got to be 110 no. these days. Running nah. around at fullback, at least. Nah, nah, I'll play at 95, Kempi. I played at 95. Rugby Union team. I'm 107 now, but no, nah, no, nah, you don't have to be that big. No way. Uh, so he, they've signed, they've got a little bit of a coup there, just something a little bit different in the recruitment phase. And last night, the Black Caps, well, the uh, T20 series is done. Mm. They lost 1-0. It ended up in a tie last night, bizarrely. Um, Duckworth Lewis was coming into it, but it didn't, didn't matter when a big deluge hit. 75 for four was India. I think the Duckworth Lewis, uh, what they needed was 76 runs. So that's a little bit of a quirk. We set them 160. Uh, Finn Allen, three from four. Ooh, heat on Finn Allen at the moment. Devin Conway, great knock, 59 off 49. And uh, Glenn Phillips, who's the form player in the team, 54 from 33. But the Black Caps might have painted themselves into a little bit of a corner with Finn Allen and Martin Guptill. You reckon? You reckon if he's feeling the heat? 
At the moment, knowing what's going on in the background, the pressure to perform, man, it's it's crazy what's going on there. I was, um, yeah, just having conversations with uh, with everyone out in the public about it, and it's um, it's an interesting one. You know, you got the experience, or do you? You've always got a bill for the future, but is there a possibility of having them both involved? You know, and then the well, not uh, not 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 really, because they've dropped Guppy, and they've seemed pretty. They've kind of painted. Drawn a line in the sand, which is yeah, not, not yeah, something. No. I, I know they dropped them, but could you have them? You know, as as a could you have them both in the squad? Or there's obviously not enough room to have them both in the squad, so it won't work. But yeah, it's an interesting one. It's crazy. Yeah, I can't say I agree with it. Um, mm. Well, ask Havelt, Guy Havelt. He follows the Black Caps very closely as a reporter for TV NZ One News, and he'll have an opinion on it, no doubt, after eight o'clock. But Finn Allen. I mean, it's an interesting one, Kim, because what you want coaches to do is you want them to back players and give them. You don't. You talk about it all the time. Pick someone, give them a chance. But then, does that backfire if they then continuously don't perform and they know that they're there and they're there and they're there and they still can't get the result? Like, how how long do you give them? How much time before she starts backfiring and working the other way? I think I think there's a couple of really good examples lately. One of them is Wayne Smith and and how he selected his. Ferns team, so he selected players like he left some very good players out. Eh, is, um, yeah, and and got on and said, look, I gave you every chance to make the team, and I'm I'm going to go this way. So I think you do give them a shot, and I think you, Finn Allen is he will be feeling the heater at the moment. Um, and the other one is is our mate Razor. You know, like the mm. the comments of how it's more than just the form on the on the pitch, like how you build that team. And if you're listening to Mitch. On the weekend, what he's saying is he doesn't think that they've got that mix right. He doesn't think that they've got the mix right about picking the right players or making them want to be part of that team. And I, I think what you're seeing with the Black Caps at the moment is there's just this disconnect. And of course, you know, you, we, we won't, we won't put up with it for too long. If they continue to lose, then the, the like, like the All Blacks, the, pre, the pressure will come on. Well, this ODI series yeah. is huge, is he? Isn't it? Starts Friday because the T20s haven't gone to plan since the World Cup, since that game against Australia. ODI cricket, we have been rock solid at for a long time now, and it also takes a it means that they can score a bit slower. Kane Williamson can do his thing, but it's a big series for because we, I don't think we play much. When's the next white ball series after that? It kind of is a bit of a line in the sand heading into next year's ODI World Cup. Well, they're heading into uncharted territory at the moment, like this. Before the World Cup, there's a little bit of like, you know, how's this team going to go? They started really well, so everyone was back on the wagon. And then there was a little bit of, you know, a little bit of uncertainty throughout the tournament. And then they bundled out in the semis. So now they've obviously just weather affected, so you can't really take too much. There wasn't any opportunity to be able to build uh, any consistency throughout this series. But this is a huge series going till forward. Like they got three games here to win over, start showing. Some faith in Gary Stead's selections and and start winning back the pundits because I get a sense. I love to hear from you, double eight, double three, that some out there are starting to waver with this team, starting to get a bit like, Ooh, you know, where's this team going? What are they about? What is their identity? You know, like with what they've been able to do, what they've shown to players than people that have done so much for the jersey, so much for the cricket in whites. And to go out and do that. So I, I, I just get a sense, sense there's a little bit of apprehension out there. I'd love to hear from you at home. And just on that, 
Well, I was just um, doing some, some reading, and this is another little headline that we've got. I'm going to get off and go off. I'd like to have a chat about this situation with Rassi Erasmus. Mm. Rassi Erasmus and the way he is going about his mahi. It is crazy what he's... He's a, he's a, cray, he's a cooked human. Cray, right? cray. He's cray-cray. There is there's something going on there. And I was reading, I was reading from John Smith. John Smith's played 100 games for South Africa, and he's like... Even South Africans and, and, and people in South Africa are losing faith in what Rassi Erasmus is doing. He like he's surely gonna to have to step down soon. He is a he cook, is cook human quote crazy. Unquote. <laughs> 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 it's a neat, like, it's crazy. Like I, I get it, like what you you you're trying to achieve, but doing it over the biggest street in the world and like these refs are getting threats and then they're like now they're starting to question whether they want a referee for South Africa. Izzy, can we come back to it at the end of the show? Because we've got a spot at the end of the show and we'll we'll talk about it and we'll let you mm. detail what why you don't like it in detail because I it's a great story. It, it it's he couldn't be further away from what Gary Stead's doing. Um, he's, he's a cooked human. That's one of the best quotes of the show. Very couple of quick texts. Uh, biggest upset was Hillary beating the pomps to the top of Everest. Cheers, Gaz. <laughs> well done, Gaz. And Joe Moreno boys, Tokyo Olympics. These aren't quite World Cups, but I love them. Uh, men's four by 100 replay. Huge upset with Italy beating Jamaica, Great Britain, and USA. Yeah, that was... Um, yeah, yeah Marcelli Jacob. That's right, Joe. He was a rocket ship. And after this, we got Quizzy Dag. Oh eight hundred one five zero eight. Come on, come and see the Quizmaster fifty dollar TV bonus bet. And there's a couple of bets at Avondale you could have today if you're interested, or you might want to have a go at the FIFA World Cup. So come see the Quizmaster. This is how you do it, Quizzy Dag. Come play it. This is how we do it, Quizzy Dag. Come play it. Quiz is on the line. Just one at a time. Don't Google a lie. Phone a friend, you'll be fine. Just listen for the signs. TAB with the prize. 50 bucks if you wise. If you're wrong, and then we'll say goodbye. This is how we do it. This is how we do it. Quizzy, they come play it. Quizzy, they come play it. 0800 150. 811. Now give us a call. <laughs> yes, give us a call. That's right. Watch out, Izzy. Yesterday, Curse called Beaver the Quizmaster. I was thinking, no, no, no. Izzy is. That is right, Chris. Beaver. <laughs> he can't even skip for seven minutes. <laughs> or Shadow Box. Whatever. And a man of his word. I am. Let's go. What do you got? Brad from Dunedin. Morning, Brad. Morning, fellas. <laughs> yes, Morning, Brad. Good luck today, mate. Good luck today. Remember, you got the, the clue master, Uncle Kempi. Here we go. Question number one. English rugby fans are hoping to see Razor Ray, Scotty Robinson, and Rona Nogara take over the coaching of England. How many test matches did Ronan play for Ireland? Wow. Crazy. Clue, <laughs> uh, Kempi. Between 120 and 130. Unbelievable. <laughs> uh, go bang in the middle, 125. 125 mm. is incorrect. Sorry, Brett. Have a good day, brother. We're going to go to Brett from Huntley. Morena, Brett. 
I'm looking forward to your Kapi and uh, Rossi Erasmus speeches. Uh, they're probably going to man. It's crazy what's going on there. Oh, he's an interesting one, old Rossi. Anyway, brother, uh, how many test matches did Ronan play for Ireland? What did he say? 125? I don't know either. Uh, 128. Ooh, 128 is correct. <laughs> and I believe you. I believe you, Brady, because you're not a Googler. You said it from the start. You don't Google, so I believe you. Well done. Well, Question not, number uh, two. <laughs> yeah, no bottle cap. Question number two. What is the name of New Zealand's only professional baseball team? Tuatara. Well done. Question number three. This morning, Saudi Arabia shocked the world football world, beating Argentina 2-1 in their opening pool match in the World Cup. It's not the first time Argentina have been stunned in their opening game. In what year did they lose to Cameroon first up at a World Cup? No, they will need to have another stab. Uh, 1990. <laughs> 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 I'm the world's fastest You ever stab at this next one and get it? <laughs> Mate, I wow. reckon you give it Good to luck. <laughs> in, which game, in which game would you find the card Blue Eyes White Dragon? Well, I don't know that. Which game? <laughs> which game? Yeah. A card. And which, which game would you find the card, Blue Eyes, White Dragon? Well, I don't know. No, I don't even know what to guess. I've got nothing to guess, bro. No idea. No idea. Hey, Popo. Uh, all right. See you later. See you later, Brett. Thank you. Tony from Auckland. Apples, he's back. Morning. <laughs> oh. What, what kind of question is this, man? <laughs> Honestly. Far out. Does this even involve sport? Yes. In which, involve, yes. In which yes. game, TV show, would you find the card Blue Eyes White Dragon? Oh, I don't know. Fucking uh, Virtuality Invincible or something. Ah, <laughs> uh, no. Incorrect. Mm. Sorry, Tony. Have a good day, brother. Mark from Tauranga. Morning, Mark. Morena, boys. Morena. Which game, TV show, would you find the card? Blue Eyes, White Dragon. Yu-Gi-Oh or Yu-Gi-Oh or... (laughs) (laughs) Yu-Gi-Oh! It is correct. Yeah, you go. Here we go. Question number five, Marky. Australia set their highest ever ODI total against England yesterday at the MCG. What was the total? Oh, crikey, Dex. I've got no idea, so I'm going to grab a... From uh, the Kemp Master. Between 300 and 400. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh, Kempi. You need to start doing Roman numerals or something. <laughs> well, just, hey, what'd you say? You don't want to give 335. it away. 355. <laughs> 335? 35. 35. I thought you said 50. <laughs> It was correct. He said three fifty-five. He said three fifty-five. Oh right, okay. <laughs> you hang up on them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Marky, you're our winner, brother. Three fifty-five is correct. Well done. 
Well done, $50 TAB bonus bet coming your way, my friend. And uh, thank you to the rest of our callers that called through. And, oh, my God, please lose that song, Izzy. Love you, bro. But singing, I'll never lose it. Stay tuned, because tomorrow I'm coming back for you. <laughs> um, okay. More, A- brother, more, more. Actually, Izzy, I was writing some Christmas songs yesterday. Oh, Yes. That time of year, is he? Uh, there's a just leave that bear under the Christmas tree for you. <laughs> <laughs> there's a uh, there could be a tinge of Michael Bublé. Ooh. It's beginning to look a lot like Puntmas coming up. Mm. So uh, love it. We'll deal with that in the coming months. Let's do it. Christmas is coming, so is the singing. And. Um, by the way, Mexico and Poland still locked at nil all. Ninety-five minutes through, two more, t- two minute more minutes of stoppage time, and we've still got France Australia to come this morning in the FIFA World Cup as well. One minute from seven, and Mark, who just won the quiz, has promised to give his winnings from the quiz to the Team SENZ Movember page. He just needs a to, to turn that fifty dollars bonus bet into cash. So we have to do a little bit of digging on the TAB website and find him a tip so he can do that and turn it into realised money. Uh, I'm going to go stick my head in the form book and try and do that, is he, right now? Yeah, beautiful, Mark. You're an absolute champ, mate. You're always about the people and giving back. And uh, we'll get you a little multi, Louis, the good oil. Get your multi and hopefully get the Movember team paid. Coming up, we've got Mike Brown. Mike Brown's played over 70 tests for England. He was with the Barbars team, 350 games for the Harlequins, and he's a big fan of Razor Ray. Ooh, he'll give us a little insight to what went on over there in the UK. Can't wait. Coming up, here's Aroha with the news for Kubota. Together, we're shaping and building New Zealand. Chemist Warehouse has your Christmas gifts sorted. Find Aramis 110ml for just $54.99. And Kogan Mobile, New Zealand's cheapest unlimited prepay plans. Visit koganmobile.co.nz. This is Izzy and Kempi for breakfast on SENZ. Good morning. That's right. Halfway through the week, Wednesday, 23rd of November. We're coming up to December already. Crazy time flies when you're having a bit of fun talking sport. And talking of that, football. Cristiano Ronaldo and Manchester United have parted ways immediately. And I've gone through the the messages on the Instagram link. 
And they're all unfollowing in Manchester United. They're going. They can, they're disgusted with the treatment that Cristiano has received there at Manchester. Well, a message has already come through. Newsflash, Justin, the crybaby, has left old... Chipford, a.k.a. Old Trapford. <laughs> from steve Yep, big news. Big news coming through. Regarding football, we'll keep you up to date. And maybe another one. How about Griezmann to score in France to win? That is one for Mark Alpanto. Louis, we'll keep you going through. <laughs> we'll let you go through and find us some good oil so we can get some money paid for our Movember page, courtesy of our good friend Mark from Tauranga, who was our win. Coming up. We're going to be talking to Jason Matthews shortly. He is a part of the Tuatara baseball team, Auckland Tuatara. He's also heading over to be a part of the White Sox outfit in the US. So looking forward to having a chat to him. And then we've got Guy Hovell after eight. But right now, it's our pleasure. He's the talk of the town, talk of London town, our man Razor Ray, after years of back and forth about when and how he might take over coaching the All Blacks. It seems now more than likely that his foray into Test Rugby will be with another nation. Or will it? His signature will be in hot demand after a successful stint with the Barbarians defeating the All Blacks 15. The dots are starting to be connected to talking, taking over from Eddie Jones with England's post next year's Rugby World Cup. Mike Brown has 72 caps for England. He's a gun. A gun, I must say that. He's an absolute gun fullback for as long as I can remember. He has had the pleasure of working with Razor with the Barbarians in recent weeks, and he's been a big fan from what I understand, and he's been good enough to join us this morning. G'day, Brownie. How you doing, brother? Izzy, how are you, mate? No, this is uh, great to speak to you. I want to know who's giving you the uh, radio show, mate. This is amazing. <laughs> I know. I can't believe it myself, my friend. We're part of SCNZ down here. We're a sports radio show, and... Uh, we talk all things sports, so whoever gave me the mic, they're probably regretting it right now. But we're having fun, brother. We're having fun. <laughs> Tell me about your last couple of weeks. How much fun was it? How was Razor oh. and the Kiwi lads? Oh, mate, it was, it's, it's got to be up there with one of the uh, best couple of weeks of uh, my rugby career easily. No, it, was, it was brilliant fun, and we got a couple of wins out of it. But, um, yeah, the Kiwi boys were brilliant as well. Um, Razor, Razor leading the charge um, with his dancing and his singing and um, oh. creating a great environment. And then D-Mac, money man D-Mac, was just uh, <laughs> causing absolute mayhem over in England. That guy's got some serious skills. Wow. Hey, Mike, hey Mike the um, the relationship you, you built up with D-Mac over those couple of weeks obviously showed out on the football field. You enjoyed working um, alongside Razor, I guess, Ryan Agara, and read some article here that you think that he should have the, the job over um, Borthwick up there. Just just tell us what you learnt about um, spending some time with Razor and why you think he, he he possibly is a good contender for that English job. Yeah, um, for me to do the Barbarians, was it was a big draw that, that Razor was involved, obviously, um, watching... The Crusaders from over here um, was a big fan of his and, w- and what he was doing there, and um, so I wanted to see it up up uh, up close, and it exceeded my expectations to be honest. Um, and I think, in terms of England, it would be the exactly the person that um, that they kind of need, I think, to to kind of lift that environment and, and get them out of playing with a bit of fear. I think is probably the best way to describe it. But yeah, in terms of him, like it, the way he just. 
he just is just a, such a good people person. I've, I'm not really experienced it to that level before with with any coaches that I've had. Um, the way he connects with people, the way he understands personalities, the way he just he just makes you feel so comfortable, like you've known him for years. Um, yeah, and just loved every minute of it. Now, from an English perspective, would would the, do you feel most of the players and and the and the personalities would take to Razor and and how he approaches it? Look, I've been coached by him for many years, and for me personally, I loved it. But you could probably get a sense that it's not for everyone. So, do do you feel like it's a good fit for English rugby at the moment? Yeah, I honestly feel like he's the sort of person that kind of. They, they kind of need to, to, to make this step up. I just feel like they're playing within themselves. People like Marcus Smith, they're playing one way for their club. And then you kind of see yeah. that mentality and, and uh, shift when they're playing. You know, the example on the weekend when he's kicking the ball out um, to take the draw. Yeah. He's, if he's in a Quinn shirt, he's never doing <laughs> yeah. that. The amount of comebacks they've had um, down at Harlequins um, over the last couple of years, they're never kicking the ball out, ever. So why he's doing that in an England jersey, for me, just kind of points to to the environment and maybe they're playing within themselves a bit of fear. Um, they haven't played the best rugby till about 10 minutes of that um, New Zealand game and they suddenly kind of had to to, to push push the, the envelope and, and, and do some stuff. So, yeah, I think I think he will. Like, I, And also just speaking to him, he, he seems to have a great awareness of of, of himself and what, he, what sort of people he would need to, uh, around him to kind of um, fill in the gaps that maybe he's not so good at. So, to have that awareness as, as a person is, is, a, is a massive strength as well. Sorry about that. Hey, um, just doing that, Mike, I'm just thinking about you're talking like old versus new. Eddie Jones, where he is at, he's come in, he's been there for a number of years now, and and then you've, you're talking about Razor and how he's connected with the players. Is that is that really where English rugby is at the moment is that probably Eddie Jones doesn't actually understand the players and you can see that there's so much more growth in it with a, with a, a young coach like Razor coming on board? Yeah, I think I think in sport and coaches now, you can't just have the technical and tactical knowledge in the on the field um, detail and, and expertise. I think it's more than that. It's about understanding personalities and getting the best out of people and building that environment that everyone can kind of flourish and develop. I just, I just wonder, you know, through my experience with Eddie and just kind of seeing it from the outside now, and and how much they're kind of playing within themselves, or or I feel they are, that they need someone that that has that other side to them, and you know, just from being, you know, with with Razor for a couple of weeks, he just he just seems to have it, he just gets it. So I just think, man, England just got to go get someone like that, and you know, his his signature's there for the taking. New Zealand have. For some reason, I can't understand why I haven't gone and got him. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, England, go get him, definitely. You're telling us, Brownie. You're telling us, mate. <laughs> Everyone can't believe it. And, and, and I wrote something yesterday. I said, look, he's, he's gone. He's going to go catch England because they generally want him. He's been up in the UK. I'm expecting hospitality. He'll be doing corporate events. He'll be getting a little, uh, little envelope strolling in his pocket left, right and centre. So he'll be loving it. The old peacock that he is up there in the north. Look, um, mate, honestly, you, you touched on it. In that 70 minutes, England were playing to the playbook. They threw out the playbook in that last 10 minutes and they absolutely exposed the All Blacks. And that is what Razor does. Just lets them play. They have little structures within that they can always go back to, but play what you see. Follow your instincts. We're rugby players first. 
For you, Brownie, where are you at? You've played 350 games for the Harlequins. You're now at Newcastle Falcons, mate. You've, you've still got plenty of juice left in the legs. Yeah, no, mate, I still feel good. So I, so I don't have a club currently, um, so I'm not sure how oh, aware yeah. you are of the situation um, in the prem- premiership up here, but basically the salary cap dropped by a million. So for guys like myself that ended um, a contract, um, it's kind of the wrong time. There was no no jobs out there, basically. And then on top of that, um, a quarter way through the season, we had um, Worcester and Wasps um, fold and go into administration. So that added an extra 100-odd players to the market. So for guys like myself already on the market, it wasn't it's, it's not great. But, you know, look, I, I'm, I'm working towards my, my transition um, out of rugby. Um, so if a playing uh, opportunity comes up that kind of fits into what my family want to do and, and where my transition is, then great. If, if not, I'll keep working hard towards my transition. And, and if a non-playing uh, opportunity comes up, I'll, I'll take that. But it was just good to get out there with the Barbarians and, and show that the old boy still got a bit if anyone wants him. <laughs> you still got it, brother. Like, that is crazy. And that's the, that's the crazy thing about the situation up in the north. Like We've been watching it all unfold down here. And forgive me, I, I didn't know that you were part of that whole mess that was kind of going on at the moment. But it, it, it is, it is, are we going to see more? Are we going to see more of it happening in the UK and and more teams going through this situation, or was it just poor um, governance from those yeah, mate, clubs? Yeah, mate, I don't, I don't know to be honest. I think there might be a couple of other clubs that are kind of on the brink. But um, I think, as bad as it is, it's um, going to force the the Premiership mm. um, and the way it's governed and the structures and everything else. You know um, how the owners run their businesses. It's going to force you know this bad situation. Going to force everything to be changed for the better now, um, which is a good thing. It's just it's just a shame that it's come to this. Um, and look for me personally, I've had I've had a, a you know a, a good career and loved every minute of it. And if it continues, then then amazing, and I'm ready to go. But if not. You know, I can't complain, and um, I'm very grateful for for what I've achieved. So it's all good. Hey, Mike, Razor will need a kicking coach, mate. So get in his ear if you if you're looking for a contract, um, <laughs> mate. Don't don't you worry. I was already in his ear. If he uh, if he's got the England job, I said, mate, get me get me in that environment. I'll come and uh, I'll come and dance and sing with you, mate. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, work out your work out your moves. He loves a little bit of break dancing. Hey, England, mate. They would have taken some confidence out of that last nine minutes on my uh, on my clock, getting that draw against the All Blacks to play South Africa this weekend. Uh, how do you think they'll go? Yeah, look, it's going to be a different beast, isn't it? We know what the South Africans are like, physical, set-piece, kicking game. Um, I just hope that nine, ten minutes hasn't just papered over some of the cracks in terms of the way they're playing and they actually now push on to um, you know, start games like that, You know, let people like Marcus Smith run the game and, and, and play the way we know he, he, he and the others can and really push the envelope in terms of their attack especially and then get a bit more bite about their attack defence which has kind of been a, a strong point of England rugby or it was when I was involved get back to those strong you know um, basics of England rugby the set piece and the defence to really squeeze teams and you're going to have to do that against South Africa because like I said that's where where their strengths are um, so it could be a big old physical battle um, but it'll be a long day if they don't start the way they finished against the All Blacks and then you run them wild, mate. You get them on the edges like you did, and you run those big feet, uh, those big men off their feet because they can't keep up, Brownie. Quickly, just quickly, you're on the ground there. Have you seen anything? Do you know anything? Has any pen been put to paper? 
What would be great? The scouts like? out there. So locked away yeah. that contract in a safe at Twickenham. <laughs> <laughs> Mate, he wouldn't. He wouldn't tell me. Um, no, I, I don't know. Um, but yeah, it'd be uh, if if I was they are a few, I'd be on his phone every single day until he did sign it. In fact, I wouldn't even let him on the in on the plane until he signed it. <laughs> I wouldn't let him on the plane. Um, but we'll see. He's got to be. In, he's got to be sought after, isn't he? But um, I have to Ooh. give a shout out to D Mac as well. If I was yeah. clubs, you know, in England and France, I'd be all over him like a rash as well, and wouldn't be letting him get on the plane. Um, until he signed that mega deal, which you know uh, the the money man Mac uh, should should deserve because you know he's some player. Jesus, he was uh, he was class over here. Was he good on the field? Obviously, we saw on the field. With how was he off the field? Good. Yeah, he was good. He was he was he was he was, he was yeah he was he was good in his own way. He's you know he's quiet, quite reserved lad. Um, and and the other couple of Kiwis were uh, Levi and AJ Lamb, but. Um, yeah, you know they they were still yeah good fun in their own right, but geez, there's a trio of good players there. Yeah, mate, we, we're so proud. Games. of Yeah, we love. Yeah, we're we're pretty crazy. We got some talent down under here, and Dmex one of those. It'd be interesting to see if he can force his way into that All Blacks team. And I train with uh, Jane Robertson, and I seen her yesterday. I might have to get in her ear and see what's going on, Brownie, mate. We appreciate you coming on. Thanks so much, and uh, no doubt, no problem. Whatever you do next, you do it with flying colours because you're an absolute champion. You still got game too, mate. So get out there, keep going, hold it down Cheers, for us mate. old appreciate farts. <laughs> I appreciate it, mate. You're a legend. Appreciate it. Awesome. Cheers, Mike. There he is, Mike Brown. I was very lucky enough to be able to um, exchange a jersey with Brownie, and I've still got it here, and uh, wouldn't even come close to fitting me now. But mate, he's one of the good guys. One of the good guys. Did a podcast last week. And they asked me if, um, if you get on with any of the English guys. I was like, oh, not really. Oh, Brownie. Brownie, he's one of my good mates. Yeah, he's a good champ. Always had a had time for him after the game. So I really appreciate that chat. And, wow, he's got big he's calls got, for Razor. Oh, hell, he's got Razor. He's been bitten by the Razor, isn't he? So um, mm. that's really interesting. That's such a great um, conversation to hear it from coming out of England and especially from an ex-English player too, because that has some punch. Kempe, I just he wrote this article for the Daily Mail to Mike Brown, and that's part of the reason why we tracked him down, because I knew he was big on Razor. Guys, have a listen to this quote when he put it on paper, and then tell me who it sounds like. Scott makes it enjoyable, and I think that's exactly what the England team need. There's so much talent in English rugby and I think they need a coach who will put them at ease and allow them to flourish and develop. My experience of playing for England is there is always a little bit of fear, and Scott would change that. He encourages you to be yourself and be brave on the field. It sounds like Bears. <laughs> is that Scott Robertson or is that Bears? It's just happened with the cricket team. When you put it in that context, because it's all about culture at the same time, and that fear factor, that pressure to succeed, well, it's crippling English rugby. It was crippling English cricket, wasn't it, Izzy? It was, it was, and that's why I'm a, I'm a bit fearful of the situation that is unfolding right in front of our eyes. And he said himself he can't believe it that Razor is available to coach. And, and this is, like I said yesterday in my bomb squad, this is going to come back to bite New Zealand rugby right on the backside. Trust me. Mm. He's going to unlock this, this nation that has resources at their expose that New Zealand rugby will never even come close to. Imagine that. Anything he wants. There you go. 
you get it, you want it, you get it, and this team will just flourish. Yeah. I see Baz even got a chef going on their tour to uh, Pakistan. There you go. <laughs> so, so but that's just to speak to. You're so right. It is scary. Wow, Mike Brown, legend. Good get there, is he? Uh, if you're just tuning in, that was Mike Brown. Played for 72 times, I think, for England. He was he was a quick fullback, good under the high ball. Man, he was a player, and he had some great analysis there on Razor Ray. 21 minutes past seven here with Chemist Warehouse. Great savings every day. Is it a done deal? What do you think? Double eight, double three, oh eight hundred, one five zero eight eleven. Politics and sport in the modern era seem to go hand in hand. It seems to me that more frequently people who sit on the governing boards of sports bodies are more interested in what they can get out of it than in actually doing what they were elected to do, which is looking after the sport. The FIFA World Cup has reminded me of the systemic issues that we also face in our own backyard. Have a look at the election process, for instance, of many sporting organisations, and you might be surprised at how little integrity there is in seating directors on boards. And while everyone else is running around making tackles or doing the Saturday morning drop-off, my opinion is that there's a general belief and trust that people looking after their sport are actually doing what they were elected to do. If you get a chance to watch FIFA Uncovered, have a think about your own sport. Perhaps there are similarities, maybe not as such a grand scale, but nevertheless troublesome. I'm reminded whilst watching this documentary how in Rugby League, for instance, the districts who in fact own the local games in New Zealand actually have no say in the election process when it comes to electing directors. Go figure. How those very directors travel to World Cups halfway around the world, staying in five-star hotels, eating and drinking the finest Locals have to offer while nothing gets down to the grassroots here in New Zealand. There's a lack of integrity in our sport when you really take time to think about it. FIFA may have had a, doc, a documentary that has uncovered the corruption of a sport, but when are we as a nation going to actually hold our own sporting bodies to account when they blatantly show no remorse or duty of care for the people they are elected to support? Off the back fence with Tony Kemp. Whew, bang. How good! <laughs> Look, it's 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 everywhere, Kempi. It is everywhere. We talk about it with our own our own rugby union, the old old boys club, and everything's mate. They've all got hidden agendas and a selfish mindset of you know what do I what, what do I get out of this? Where can I get at this from? You know, and we know what the FIFA and the money that is involved, the millions. Like this is not comparable to to NZR like FIFA. This is billions of dollars. Of cash, and that's what it's about. And look, I can't remember the names of the years, but people that have been part of FIFA that have been caught out, that have been corrupt, making decisions for their own back pockets. And uh, I'm going to watch that. But there's a lot of similarities to what they've been doing, that companies and and boards are doing back here in in New Zealand on their back doorstep, mate. And uh, it's one of those things. Look, I had a good catch up yesterday with a guy called Jay. Jay Gaudard, he's the shooter for um, for the New Zealand men's fo- uh, netball team. And I was having a good chat to him because he's got a charity called Etu Tangata, which is Stand Up. And we're trying to break down the tall poppies, uh, tall poppy in New Zealand and, and being proud of our things. And instead of saying, you know, like, not taking a compliment, you know, people want to be told that we're useless instead of saying, look, I'm, I'm the best and the best. So had a really good chat with him and I spoke to him about how he's getting on and, and he said, look, mate, it's it's so hard. I'm trying to break into NZR 
but I'd, every door I open just goes to a dead end. <laughs> yeah. And I was just like, oh my lord, you know, like there's just no open door policy in our in our NZR at the moment. He was struggling, so I had a really good chat to him about how we can break that down and. I'm gonna try and dig into my contact list and get in there, but um, mate, great off the back fence as always, and it's something that's well, we're trying to break down, and it's like everywhere we go to is is a is a block door, we can't get through it. Half past seven, that's off the back fence, Kempi. He's um yeah, leaves a lot to think about there, Kempi, and um, I guess sport is just an offset of any other business where there are. Workings and going ons, um, politics. You're right. You know the old saying: sport and politics don't mix. It became irrelevant years ago, didn't it? And you've kind of just exemplified that again this morning. Half past seven. So many texts on Scott Robertson here to get to on double eight double three. We're going to get to those after the news with Aroha Kubota together with Shaping and Building New Zealand. Twenty-seven minutes away from eight o'clock. Izzy and Kempi for breakfast. Izzy and Zed, hope you're having a great morning on your Wednesday hump day. Gull is fueling your mission all year round, so pop into your local for some good value fuel. Visit gull.nz and the FIFA World Cup. You've heard it here live on SCNZ uh, and in the SCNZ app. That's where you'll hear Australia taking on France at eight a.m. this morning. Get up, France. Um, Kempi was hoping for what six, seven nil. At least. Yeah. <laughs> Don't know who's got Australia in the sweepstake, but they could be off to a tough start. Um, <laughs> we'll see how they go this morning. Mexico and Poland, a nil all draw. Poland and Robert Lewandowski did have a chance to go ahead from a penalty spot. Robert Lewandowski has a little wry smile on his face. A couple of deep breaths. He's done this hundreds of times. He's the killer. He's got this. He approaches. Oh! He's got Lower to his left. What a moment. What, what a, a save. Rafti Gregorio may be getting a bit ahead of himself there. He's a killer. He's got this. Denmark and Tunisia they also had a little draw, so a couple of lockups. And then earlier, or later last night, Argentina, Saudi Arabia. Well, it's a shock of the World Cup so far, and this was Saudi Arabia's second goal. He's going to curl to the back post. A shot again. It's in! Saudi Arabia have got a second. Can you believe it? Aldaswari has put it in the back of the net. Argentina didn't clear. And all the substitutes join in the celebration. My Lord. Argentina, 30-something games unbeaten. And then Saudi Arabia just trot on through. 2-1. Their goal was Messi from a penalty spot as well. There you go. This is your FIFA World Cup update. Thanks to Gull. Right, lads. I said there was a lot of texts on Razor, Izzy. Have you had a, have a look through these? It is blowing up, starting with Tim there on the Temper Big Post text machine. Yeah, Tim, as I said it before, it's exactly the same as the Crusaders when they were coached by Top Black and they played with fear and within themselves all the time. Timmy, yeah, I can... Yeah, I can speak from experience for both. Played for both um, coaches, and when we had Toddy, it was it was one of the funny ones. Man, we had a stacked team, stacked team, but we couldn't quite crack it, you know. And then 
you compare it when you'd have the two t- coaches coming in. One thing I could put it down to, and this is no disrespect to to any of the any of the coaches, but when Ray come in, there was actually a genuine genuineness to about the theming. You know, the theming was relatable to something or always connected back to our identity of of who the Crusaders are and where they're from and what they're about. Whereas I know there was sometimes there with Toddy where it was just kind of, you know, out there and there was really no connection to, to something. So it just felt unrealistic. And, yeah, that, that's one of the things. And another thing as well is, is tr- Toddy struggled to inspire the ABs, the ABs to come back to the team and try and win, you know, because they had World Cups, you know, Richie, Dan, Sonny Bill Williams, you had all the big stars trying to get them back on board for something bigger that is that is bigger than the All Blacks was always a struggle, whereas Razor had a really good way of inspiring the ABs boys to come back and do more for the franchise. So, yeah, that's that's one of the things I got from that. So appreciate that text, brother. And Kempi, how's this from PJ? Morning, boys. To let Razor go with all that intellectual <laughs> profit, rugby property, something you talk about is just dumb in capitals. The ball of sending our coaches away for international experience to only raise the ability of our opposition around the world. Now we're going to give them Razor. We are doomed. I was thinking about it when uh, we, we were just talking before. Like one of the one of the issues, you know, when you when you're in that sort of situation, you're in those positions. You sort of get blinkered um, views. You know, you've just conspiracy theories happening all the time, and thinking that people don't know what they're talking about, and you end up making some really poor decisions. I think I think what the, the there's a lot of noise going on, but they're actually missing the fact that Razor is the bloke to coach the All Blacks. You know what I mean? Like you've got in, in amongst all that noise because you've got a conspiracy going on in your head. You're actually missing the fact that everybody is is aware that Razor is very good. And what really cements that thought is when someone like England comes over the top here and puts it into an organisation that's the wealthiest rugby union in the world and that says we'll give you everything that you want because we want to succeed and we know that you can do it. And I think that's when that happens and that text is like, we know what's going to happen. It's going to be the worst decision they've ever made in their lives. You go and when they don't work there anymore, they go, well, actually, I got that one wrong. And we're the ones who suffer. Blinkers is a great, great analogy, Kimpy. You're totally right. It's just um, you're looking through a cone at this siloed viewpoint, viewpoint, whereas from the punter's perspective, it seems easy and easy, easy and easy a couple just to round us off. The writing was on the wall after NZR backed Foster after the South African tour. Razor was out the door as soon as that happened. Do you think that was probably the nail in the coffin? Yeah, for sure. Because there was rumours circulating that Razor was already signed and... You know, Chris Lindrum flew down here and sitting in his kitchen and, you know, the, it was all there in front of him. And then the board backed out and reneged, the old the old boys club reneged on it and uh, went back to uh, Foster. So, look, mate, he's he's got to make a decision. I'm, I'm expecting to go over there and it is going to backfire. They are going to become a juggernaut and they're going to start believing and they're going to start winning. Trust me. Paddy, Nick P, Paul... We'll get to your messages, Jason, as well, uh, on this topic in just a wee bit. But after this, we're going to talk some baseball. You have the Tuatara are back in New Zealand after about a thousand odd days. 
Uh, there'll be some stoked baseball fans for this, and we know how much success the Tuatara had on the hardwood, the basketball court. We're going to catch up with an infielder, Jason Matthews, young Kiwi, doing his thing, plying his trade after this. Well, the World Series has finished, and unfortunately we never really got to chat to the Philly captain again because the Phillies ended up getting <laughs> toasted. So we miss him. Uh, but it's Always like, next year. Yeah, always next year, but there is baseball back here I in New Zealand. I love game. I love it. I love it. And this weekend, professional baseball it returns to our country, Aotearoa, as the Auckland Tuatara make their way to North Shore Stadium. North Harbour Stadium, that is. The season has started well for the Auckland side. They beat Canberra in a crucial series win on the road. How good. Yeah, some good batting in that game as well. Now it's their turn to play at home, and we couldn't be more excited to welcome them back. Jason Matthews, he's a Kiwi infield for, infielder for the Tuatara, who has played in the minor leagues with the Chicago White Sox. How good's that? And he's on the line with us right now. Morena, Jason, how are you, mate? Morning, guys. I'm great. How are you? Mate, we're all good here on Izzy and Kimby for breakfast. First game back in New Zealand since January 2020. Is there a real buzz amongst the Kiwi boys, mate, um, to playing professional baseball back here at home? Yeah, man, everyone's excited to be back home and playing, and especially me because I, I haven't been home for two and a half years, but I haven't played here since I was 18, and I'm 25 now, so yeah, it's, I'm, I'm really excited for it. Well, what are you loving about being home? The delicacies, mate. I'm sure you would have missed a nice mince and cheese pie or something like that. But just quickly, can you tell us about your experience with the White Sox? How was that? Oh, man, it was it was a good year for me. I I really enjoyed it, and signing out of independent baseball and got the call from my coach. He said, "Man, you're going to be with the White Sox this season. Congratulations, man!" And first person I called was my was my sister, and I was really excited. Yeah. Really excited to bring the good news back to her because all that hard work paid off. Yeah, went up there, mate, went through the universities, got your, got your shot at the big time, come back, bring a heap of experience, especially your batting. How's it, how's it shaping up for you guys this year, the Tuatara? Been a thousand odd days since you've been back in New Zealand. Um, you guys, you got a shot at the title this year? I think so. We've got a good, good, good group of guys, and the first season we had against Brisbane was just getting, everyone was just getting their feet wet. First, first serious games and came back against Canberra and took the series. So I think we got a good, good bunch of guys, great hitters, good pitching. We just, we just got to compete every day. But we, we know how um, competitive, competitive we are as a, as a country in, in softball. You know, we've had some, some amazing softball players around the country that have gone on to do some big things. Is that why the transition into baseball has been? So seamless, and and do you feel like we've got some real talent un, uh, down under here that could, you know, um, could do big things on the big stage like yourself? Yeah, yeah, we got huge talent in, uh, in softball that can really translate to baseball, and that's where where I came from. So it was easy for me to transition because the game's similar. It was just smaller, ba- smaller ball, and further bases. But I think. Kiwi, Kiwis are really talented at any sport we, we get into, you know, and I think it's just easy for us to go all the way in any sport we can. We just got to be committed to the grind. Yeah. Oh, geez, I wish it was played when I was uh, when I was growing up. Jason, I I played softball in the summer um, league in the winter and, and used to watch baseball and um, so much fun. Look, you guys got Sydney Blue Sox yeah. this weekend. Uh, what's their biggest threat to the Tuatara? 
Um, I'm not really too. I'm not too sure about it, but looking at their past series, they they're a bit in shambles right now. But hopefully, the boys come out and we can hopefully sweep them, take all four series from them, and just move on to the next games. Because uh, I don't see what any about- threat. But we'll we'll have to compete. I know that we'll have to compete every day, so we'll be ready. What about Toru Murata? He had a blind of a series. What's it like playing with him, mate? In in the practice, do you, do you, do you send him do you send him packing a couple of times in training, mate? Is is he brought a lot of experience in to the group? Yeah, man. Just being around those guys, a lot of experience, and then all these all these younger guys taking all the information they can, just rolling with it. So, you know. <laughs> hey, one more question before you before you go, Jace. That um, do you see do you see many Kiwis actually that will travel up to the states in the future that actually will make it in the big leagues? I think so. Like all us Kiwis that are over there now are opening the pathway for the younger generation, and that was that's been my goal since I've been playing baseball. Is I got to make it as far as I can open as many doors as I can for all these younger generations to come through and be better than I was, you know, and hopefully that's what the future looks like. Well, good on you, Jace. You're doing some great things there for the Tuatara. All the best for your game this weekend. Go hard, go well, mate. Hit some home runs. Hit it out of the park, son. That's what I like to see. And, um, yeah, mate, well, I've actually been invited out there to watch a couple of games, so I'll come down and say hello for you. That's uh, Jason Matthews joining us this morning as he can be for breakfast. Thanks. Go well, Jace. Sweet brother, thank you. I've never been up there for Kimpy. a game, Kimpy, but I hear it's quite you a good reckon? time. Yeah, mate. Hey, I'll tell you what. Like, I, I don't know. I don't know if I told you, but I actually made the New Zealand Masters team. My hairdresser, my hairdresser was um, cutting my hair one day, and he and he, we just started talking. Yeah, you know, he's a Japanese dude. And he goes, I was like, what do you do? And he goes, I play baseball. And I said, oh, I played softball. And um, he goes, oh, the Masters, New Zealand Masters, this was a few years ago. And he goes, oh, they're coming to town. I said, oh, why don't you come there to train? And I went, oh, sweet. I'll go down and just – I always wanted to play baseball. And just – I did three hours of training with him. <laughs> anyway, I got hold of the ball and I started smacking Pen- it out of the park. DH? Yeah, I heard it smacking it out it's of the park. It's not T-ball, Kempi. It's no, not no, T-ball. No. No, listen, listen. So <laughs> I'm out in the paddock. I'm running around. You know, that's before my knees was knackered and – Started hitting these balls in them out of the park three hours later, and I'm going home. It was so much fun, and they're sort of going, "Yeah, man, you can play." You know, like, come along to the Masters. And I got home and I went phoned him up there, and I said, "Hey, man, sorry, but I can't make it." <laughs> I said, three hours." I said, "I'm just going to let you down. I can't even move." <laughs> it was just, mate. The diamonds are bigger. I said, "What I didn't know was that the diamonds were bigger." The outfields yep. are massive, huge, uh, and I was sort of getting around it, trying to get get the ball in it. And when I got home, I couldn't move. I said, "I'm going to do a week of it, not a chance." But so much fun. Oh, Kevy, I can imagine you on that top of the diamond there with your big your, puppy, your, your baseball bat, your shoulders, your Albert, your Albert Pujols kind of situation stance, big frame, just stand there swinging it. <laughs> We should go down and hit a few oh. balls, mate. It's good fun.
Well, if, fun. if the oh. run home were still doing their Movember challenges, we could challenge them to a home run derby. <laughs> that, I, that would be good. And actually, um, Kerry Avery, who's one of the owners of the Tuatari, phoned up this week. He actually invited me out to the game this weekend, but I'm going to be up north. So, um, yeah, I'll get to a game, mate. I'll get to a game for the boys, and I'll come nice. back and we'll we'll report I, on that. I'm keen to go up. Yeah, I've yeah. never been up so there. So I'll organise it with Kerry. Let's um, do get it. Get us some tickets, and we'll go to it. Let's do it. Let's support them while they're here. They've been away for so long, and like um, Regan and Budgie and the whole crew, they, they are so passionate about it. And, yeah, good on them. So th- that's this Friday. they got Sydney Blue Sox, so Friday uh, and then the Saturday as well um, up there. Little North, series they play, yeah. North Harbour Stadium. Mate, we're, just, we, we're so good at softball in the country, and it's awesome. Like, I did some work up at Papa Toi Toi Softball Club, and, like, we got out there in the diamond and started having a hit. Man, it's hard to hit that bloody ball <laughs> when they're pitching it. They're doing change-ups, little bloody drop dippers, whatever they call it, and... Mate, it's awesome, and we do so well in the softball. I can see us having a real impact, knowing the impact we have in softball and baseball. Totally different, obviously, shapes of balls and, and the way it's been played, but similarities and yeah, you know, go together, and I think it'll be awesome. And uh, shout out to the softballers: the Men's Softball World Cup starts in three days' time in Auckland. It's here in hey. New Zealand. So we're talking about any more World Cups to go? Yes. We've got the Black Sox uh, getting ready to unload themselves into that competition. So that's over nine days, um, 50 games. That's teeing off very, very shortly. Right, we're six and a half away from eight. Australia and France preparing to head out on the pitch for their FIFA World Cup match. You can catch that in the SCNZ app. We've got plenty of text here we need to get to on Razor Ray as well. Coming up to 8am, France, Australia on the field at the FIFA World Cup. Paddy says, when Razor signs with England, it will go down as the biggest cock-up in New Zealand rugby history. Mark my words. Is he? (laughs) Uh, Well, uh, well, 100%. And then someone's messaged in, who do we get next? Who will be in the line? Well, I'm only presuming Leon McDonald. Leon McDonald will go in there. Potentially, if Razor goes, Leon will take the head coaching role. Potentially, could be out of some other people that will be encouraged to come back over in Japan, whether they've got enough money to entice those two back. Joe Schmidt. Joe Schmidt. Yeah. Yeah, he's. Well, he sensed a little bit of an opportunity. That's why he's jumped in on Ian Foster's coattail. Well, I can't sure. I know someone that will definitely think he knows, and he's coming up. Guy who's out. <laughs> maybe he's got the maybe he's got the gravy. Maybe. You know, we'll throw him a few questions or two about that. And also we'll be talking cricket because the RDIs are coming up after a pretty wow, underwhelming T twenty competition. One nil loss. Here's Arohawa, the news for Kubota. Together we're shaping and building New Zealand. Chemist Warehouse has your Christmas gift sorted. Find Jupe Palm 125 mil for just $39.99. And Kogan Mobile, New Zealand's cheapest unlimited prepay plans. Visit koganmobile.co.nz. This is Izzy and Kempi for breakfast on SENZ.
Good morning, Izzy Kempe for breakfast on SNZ. It is Wednesday, 23rd of November, 8 o'clock. Welcome in. If you've only just tuned in, that's okay. Earlier on, we spoke to Mike Brown, ex England fullback. He's been a part of the Barbars setup for the last couple of weeks, and he, well, he held Razor in high regard, and he, uh, he thinks Razor would do a stellar job. And as England head coach. So go over to Izzy and Kempe for breakfast and you can have a listen to that podcast. It was great to chat to him. He's a good man. And there was a question coming through about Mike Brown. A great chat with Mike Brown team. Would be interesting for a segment on the morning on how Izzy gets to become friends with other players overseas. I'd be interested in hearing what happens after the game. We see all black social in the change rooms, but never see after that. Do the players have an aftermatch? This is also on Super Rugby as well when teams play each other. Is it shower and head back to the hotel? Do they hang out? Cheers, Paul. Great question, Paul. Um, there is, you know, as soon as the match finishes, you'll go catch up with the opposition if you're keen as to change jerseys. I did that uh, a couple of times with Mike Brown and, um, yeah, got to really know him really well. So we do hang out a wee bit. Sometimes there's an after match, but most of the time you, you're sitting at your own tables but look, there's just a ton of respect there for your opposition. I played so much against, um, so many games against Mike Brown, and we just got that mutual respect for each other. And I think that goes with with other players around um, the country. You don't hang out as much as you probably think we do, but if you do like them, you might catch up for a coffee and we'll go out for dinner. And he's one of those guys. I'd definitely do that, Mike Brown. So uh, yeah, interesting question. But right now, we're going to talk some cricket. New Zealand's summer of cricket has been a wet one so far and unfortunately a losing one also as the rain hit the T20 series against India. was completed last night with a tie, leaving India victorious in the series 1-0. The Williamson-less Black Caps managed to post 160 before a downpour halted the India Indian chase at 75 for four, putting a stake in the series then and there. It probably leaves more questions than answers. Gary Steed's men heading into the ODI series about where the white ball side is at and then to answer some of those questions we welcome in One News cricket reporter Guy Dvelt. Morning Guy, how you doing brother? Morning, morning Izzy, morning boys, very well thank you, good to be on. Oh, surely you've got something to break today mate, you're the man that knows it all, I love it. I gave you a little shout out earlier on and Louis said don't do that, he thinks he breaks everything and I said what? Surely you got something. <laughs> uh, no, nothing great. You've actually got me on a day off. I'm, uh, I'm uh, up bright and early for you boys to talk to you nice and early. Look, uh, no, no, nothing, nothing massive to tell you. I, I just, um, I think, and I've said it a few times now, and I think we're starting to get the evidence of it. This Black Caps team is about to go through a bit of a lull. I think over the next mm. um, few years, uh, losing Trent Bolt um, kind of yeah. permanently. Um, you know, after the next World Cup, probably Tim Saudi as well. Uh, they've dropped Martin Guptill, which I'm sure we'll talk about shortly. Um, you know, I just feel like, obviously, Ross Taylor's retired. There's just a lot of change going on in that team, and I'm not sure the players coming through are as good as the ones that they've had. So I think we're just starting to see a sign that this Black Caps team might not be going through as good a patch as it has been for a few years. Yeah, I think everyone's on the same page there. Guys, Kempe here. Morning. Hey, um, Glenn Phillips batting in the right spot. Do you think in the lineup? Yeah, I don't mind where Glenn Phillips is batting. Um, look, my problem kind of stems from uh, a little bit of the top of the order. that They've put all their, all their eggs in the Finn Allen basket, which is... 
you know, I, I don't think it's the right move. Uh, I've said it a few times. The guy mm. is the future. I'm just not sure the future is here at the moment. Uh, he has batted, I think it's 25 innings, 24, 25 T20 innings now in his uh, international career. He has batted through power play four times. And I know his strike rate's good, and I know he can score a quick 20 off however many balls. But if you're all of a sudden one down in the second over, um, you know, it, it's, it's suddenly putting a bit of pressure on the rest of the team. And I feel like that's why, to an extent, why Kane Williamson has come in and batted the way he has. Because not only are they one yeah. down, he also knows the batting below that is not that solid. I mean, you look at guys like, mm. yeah, Jimmy Neesham, and, and, you know, I'm putting Glenn Phillips and, and Devin Conway and those guys aside here because I think they are very, very good players and we can get some consistent scores out of them. But I'm looking at people like um, Jimmy Neesham, you know, fairly hot and cold with the bat. Daryl Mitchell recently, anyway, fairly hot and cold with the bat. The tail... The tail starts, I would probably say, from Mitchell Santner, and if not Mitchell Santner, then from Adam Milne. Milne was batting eight yesterday. Eight. That is way <laughs> too high for Adam Milne. That leaves a massive tail. And so for me, I know Kane Williamson is copping a lot of heat, but I don't actually mm. think a lot of it is, is, is fear. I think he's he is the smartest cricketing brain we've got in New Zealand, and if he has to feel like he has to bat at a run of ball to bat some overs in T20 cricket, then I, I think he's probably doing the right thing. So I think there are bigger problems than, than just Kane Williamson's batting, and I think it stems from a few other issues. Can the selectors do a major U-turn here with what they've gone and done, or do you feel like the guppy boat has sailed? Um, it's a very good question. I would like to say yes. <sighs> But I think the answer to that is no. Um, I think they are firmly in the Finn Allen camp. I think they see him as their guy to lead them to the T20 World Cup. Gary Stead, uh, despite the fact that, that Finn Allen is, uh, hasn't been able to bat through many power plays, Gary Stead seems to like the fact that he can score, you know, maybe 20 or 30 off, say, 10 balls, 10 or 15 balls. And, you know, that, that is nice on occasion, but then, as I just said before, yeah. it opens the rest of the batting order up to potentially falling apart, which we saw in massive style last night. I think they lost 7 for 14, uh, going from mm. 143 for 146 for 3 to being all out for 160. They didn't even bat out their overs. They're absolutely unfathomable. Um, so to answer your question, look, I, I think I would like to see Martin Guptill back. I think... Um, you know, they've lost so much experience in the last year or so, and they're about to lose even more experience probably after this World Cup. Uh, I would like to see Martin Guptill there. I think they need as much experience as they can get, particularly in a World Cup in the subcontinent. Um, and I'm just not sure that Finn Allen is quite the finished product and quite the guy that is going to lead them to a World Cup. I think they put enormous pressure on him as well, uh, told him that he is essentially setting up their innings. Um, and for a guy who's, what, 23, I think he is, uh, that, that's, that's a lot to put on a player in very early in his career. So <laughs> I would like to see a change. I don't think it's going to happen, though. Yeah, especially when it starts mm. all going wrong. Um, guy, you're making a good point. It heaps a lot of pressure on the guy. Hey, very quickly, how about this? Australia, Harry France. Suter, the base of the centre circle, plays a long diagonal ball out to Leckie on the right flank. And a good touch as well. Pavard hit the ground. The cross comes in. Goodwin! Craig Goodwin has the opener. What? Yeah. Australia, <laughs> Australia have just gone up one zip over France in the 10th minute. Craig Goodwin has absolutely rocketed oh. one to the top of the net. Uh, I knew you'd want to hear that guy because you are the breaking news guy. And I'd just like to say, is he? he's high-volume tweet. He's a high-volume tweeter. I don't know how much of it's quality. 
Oh, zero of its quality, mate. Absolutely zero of it. I, I don't know why people are gay. Oh, I appreciate them, uh, guy. I appreciate you. <laughs> Thanks, Izzy. Uh, just on the World Cup, I mean, how good is it? Saudi Arabia beating Argentina last night. Australia obviously won the love against us. I'm not a massive football guy, but I'm about to go and park myself in front of the TV and watch a bit of it. Glorious. <laughs> yeah, no, it's been good. It's been go- uh, good, guy. Let's get back to the cricket, though, because that's why you're on. You're the cricket man. Hey, um, <laughs> the criticism of Kane soaking up deliveries isn't new to T20, um, but is it on the money? And how do you think he feels he needs to um, get out there and play? Is he, mate, have we see- are we seeing the end of Kane Williamson? Well, look, I- I'm... I'm- I don't think Kane Williamson should be in the T20 team, but not because he's, he's not a good T20 player. I don't think Kane Williamson should be in the T20 team because I think his, as we all know, his elbow is starting to kind of uh, fade on him yep. a little bit. I think he's more important to the Black Caps test team. I'd like to see him not wrapped in cotton wool as such, but I don't think he's, I don't think he's paramount to the T20 team. In saying that, if Kane Williamson wants to play T20 cricket, I'd have him in my T20 team. I think, um, as I just outlined before, I think he's copping a lot of criticism for um, his his the way that he's playing in terms of the run of ball innings and that sort of thing. When the problems are actually a lot deeper than that, um, he feels like he has to play those innings. And as I said before, he's the smartest cricketing brain we've got in New Zealand. And if Kane Williamson feels like he cannot afford to get out because then it opens up a lot of um, a lot of problems for the lower middle order. Uh, then I think Kane Williamson's probably being on the money. Um, you know, we saw it collapse last night. If Kane Williamson had have got out very early in the innings that he played in the T20 World Cup, New Zealand would have got nowhere near the semi-finals. That is how kind of brittle that middle to lower order is. And I think it was kind of it's it's at times paramount that Williamson plays the way he does. Is it good for? Is it does it help New Zealand? No, it doesn't. Um, but I don't think it's Kane Williamson's fault. Yeah, I, I agree. I agree. Totally focus on on one format, maybe two, but potentially pushing your body when you've been around for a very long time to do all formats. It's just a no brainer. No brainer. I just want to get your take, um, guy, on, on the situation with the cricketing contracts uh, for New Zealand cricket. And what's unfolded with Trent Bolt, you got Jimmy Neesham turn their backs, and we're probably going to get a, a few more going forward. Is this a worrying sign for, for New Zealand cricket? Should they be worried with players turning their back on, on the centralised contracts that New Zealand offers? It's a great question, Izzy. Uh, I think to an extent, yeah, yeah they should be. Mm. Um, um, you know, they're so it's, it's, just, it's a little bit like the rugby situation at the moment, you know, over in Japan and, mm. and, and then in the UK as well and in Europe. Uh, there's just more money to be offered in the likes of the IPL and um, you know other T20 leagues around the world. Where for someone like Trent Bolt in the in the latter stages of his career, look, he would still walk into any. Uh, I would think yeah. uh, most T20, uh, most Black Cats teams. Um, you know, but the money over there in, in the latter stages of your career is just too much to give up. Um, so I, I, yeah, I wouldn't be surprised, like you say, I wouldn't be surprised if we see this more. Um, and mm. I think there would be an element of concern inside New Zealand cricket that, that this might take away a few more of their players, maybe even at a younger age or, or at a lesser stage of their, of their careers than, say, a Trent Bolt or something like that. So certainly one to watch. I don't think it'll be as bad as the rugby situation, uh, but I do feel like there might be some players who just think, you know what, I can set myself up for life playing T20 cricket around the world. 
why shouldn't I do that or why don't I do that instead of playing the odd uh, the odd international here and there? So yeah, there might be some doing it. I don't think it'll be a I don't think it'll be a um, a mass exodus, uh, but we might mm. see a couple here or there down the track. Absolutely. Well, I heard a wee something the other day about the IPL situation. The NZR, uh, the NZC, get a little bit of a kickback if their players go and play the IPL. So it's not all doom and gloom, but it just it's it's probably a little bit worrying for New Zealand cricket. Just quickly, mate, before we let you go, we spoke to Mike Brown earlier, and I said, well, if anyone knows anything, it's Guy Vout. You're obviously the man of cricket, but surely you got your nose over there in the UK with Razor Ray, Scotty Robinson. What's your take, mate? You think he can coach England? Jeez, you're pumping me up a lot, is he, today? Uh, I, look, I, I, uh, I'm not sure I can deliver with this. I, I don't have any oil. I have a very strong opinion. Um, I, I think if Scott Robertson was to be let go anywhere, particularly to England, but if Scott Robertson was to be let go anywhere and was not the next coach of the All Blacks, it would be, frankly, a national disgrace, and it would be the worst thing that New Zealand rugby has ever done. And I, I, I'm not joking when I say that. It would be the worst thing New Zealand rugby has ever done. I mean, oh, yeah. I, I, I don't know if you guys read Gregor Paul's. I'll be very quick. I don't know if you guys read Gregor Paul's piece the other day in the Herald about um, why Razor essentially missed out on the job or why, why he might miss out on the job. And it seems, from what Gregor was saying anyway, it seems that, that elements of New Zealand rugby, uh, people, elements of people, some people inside New Zealand rugby, feel like Razor's approach is a bit too left field for them and a bit too out there, and he's a bit too oh, rogue in some of the ways that he approaches the media. Well, Style. I mean, if, that, if that's, yeah, exactly, <laughs> if, if that's why they don't want him to be the coach, well, those people shouldn't be in New Zealand rugby because we're all going to get so out. Much. Honestly. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, look at the Black Ferns, for goodness sake. You had so much fun yeah. with that team, and that's why the public largely, I think, got behind them. And now you've got someone who is fun, but also an absolutely brilliant coach, and you're, and you're okay to let go of them. Give me a break. Good luck to them if they do that. Yeah, have a spell. No, well said, Havel. Very well said. I think just I'm, I'm just reading between the lines here, but I'm pretty sure the reason is he's got you in so high regards at the moment is because Hayden Wilde came on the show and he said this. <laughs> Uh, we get people that ask every, you know, intermittently. They text the show and they say, "Hey, boys, any update?" So, oh, dude, you know who's that? The biggest pest about that. Who's that? I'm, gonna put, I'm, a, I'm a great mate with him now, but I'm going to put him straight on the spot. Is Guy Havolt straight up that guy? Nearly every every single time, he's like, "Mate, fizzing about this weekend. You're free for a yarn sometime uh, ahead of the final." Also. What's happening with the appeal? You heard anything from the? <laughs> oh, <team? I've> heard. <laughs> hey. Yeah. So what? So what's going on? Pissed. That is that is absolutely gone. Look, he's not wrong. I was I was absolutely hammering him to try and tell me what was going on with that appeal. He did very well to keep it to keep it under wraps. Um, uh, look, oh yeah, what a dude, what a man. I uh, hope he goes very well at the World Championships this weekend. Hayden Wild, he deserves it. Uh, look. Very, I don't know how long you want me to be on that, but I was there, and, um, and this is the reason why I'm so hot on it. I was there, fortunate enough to be there in Birmingham, uh, right there when Hayden Wild crossed the line. Uh, he was shafted out of a potential gold medal. I'm not going to say he was going to win gold, but he was shafted out of a potential gold medal in that race. He did, you know, he, I don't think he unclipped his helmet, but you cannot, you cannot tell me, and World Triathlon has come back with this appeal and said, essentially that there wasn't enough evidence in, in their slow-motion replays or in their stills or whatever to prove that um, he didn't unclip his helmet before he got off the bike um, or before he got into transition, rather. Well, 
you know, if, if they can't if they can't back up their officials' word through ultra slow motion and through stills and that sort of thing, how on earth can they say at full pace with one chance to see it that their official on the ground was correct? I, I think it was a, yeah. I think it was appalling, and it absolutely robbed us. It robbed Hayden Wilde. It even robbed Alex Yee of, of a fair race. It robbed Alex Yee the chance to stand on the podium without any questions being asked. I'm not saying Hayden Wilde would have beaten Alex Yee because they both looked very strong. I don't know what the outcome of the race would have been. Um, mm. But man, oh man, that that oh, I think I think that's just a, a terrible decision from from World Triathlon, and I was pretty disappointed by that. That's a horrible rule. And buckling your yeah. bloody well, helmet. Yeah. Wow, <laughs> what a poor yeah. rule that is to. To even um, decide a, a middle race, mate. Oh, well, we can't even believe we're talking about yeah. that situation. It's crazy. It's crazy. But as I say, he seems to have moved on. Uh, he was in good form. I spoke to him the other day. So uh, he's in Abu Dhabi this weekend for the World Championships, and hopefully, hopefully, I'd love to see him get it done. It'd be fantastic. Well, what, you go, you go, pissed Liam Lawson or some other young gun, mate. We'll let you crack on with your day. <laughs> Keep oh, that would be bad. a bad one to piss, fellas, because he'll be in F one soon. So I'd, uh, I'd better start doing that. <laughs> Good work, mate. Hey, I appreciate your time, Guy. Thanks so much for your talk on cricket and yeah, all, all the peer thing that you're about to do. Appreciate it, mate. Take care. Have a good day. <laughs> good on you, boys. Talk soon, anytime. <laughs> he is a pest. Oh, he's a good man. He's a good, he's a good man. Mate, you're all, we're all pissed. Of course You're pissed and guest. I'm pissed and guest. <laughs> Kempi's pissed and guest. Oh, we're Kempe, all pissed. Kempe's that's, a, a pest. That's what this industry is. hundred <laughs> percent. He, um, he knows how it's played. Uh, and interesting thoughts there around, like, where New Zealand cricket's heading, Kempi. And you said we seem like we're all on the same page. But it just you get this feeling... Like the golden generation, we're just in a transition period, and almost like the All well, Blacks are going through it. Yeah, they're it, going for it. Yeah. Is his generation to this generation? Mm. It just can't always be the best. Yeah, no. look, I think there's, I think there's some major um, issues coming up for New Zealand cricket. I, I just can't see this um, one shoe fits all. This, this, you know, you you do it this way with today's attitude. You know, like they're just so different. You know, that's great. The great thing about Mike talking about Razor is that he's saying he understands the player. Man, if you don't understand the player, and guy, guy hit the nail on the head there. He said, "Have a look at the woman." You know what I mean? Mm. Look how they look how they addressed the World Cup, and look how well Wayne Smith adapted. It wasn't about how they. That's how they just look acting normal. The, the woman, but Wayne Smith adapted, and uh, I think and I, I think Razor's uh, he's gone for sure. And I tell you what, that that situation. Would have made it an awkward boardroom at NZR. I promise you, they did not expect that, and they're like, "Oh my gosh, this has opened an absolute can here. What are we going to do?" Honestly, they did not expect that, and they will be going, "Wow, it was a, it was an awkward situation." That Mark Robinson, you see him out in the field, he's like, "Oh yes, like, oh what have we done here? This is oh no, this is going to cost us." Yep. <laughs> it is and yeah. some of you need to move on Mate, you, do you know what the word you use awkward it's right I know what you mean is here and it's not that they it's not that they uh, it's not saying that they didn't want the result or anything like that but it is it's kind of created an awkward temperature in the room where half mm. of it is going this way and the room is warming up but there's still a very cold ice block in the corner and it's yeah. melting slowly it's very awkward I know exactly what you're saying there. some t- people you just can't move you know that's that's why that, that FIFA th- um, documentary is so interesting because when you look at it in, in, in your own situation, you go, you just can't move people. 
Like it's, yeah. it's but no one's got more power than the team, Kimpy, and that's what I hate. And there's just something like that and that is going on. 24 minutes past eight. Great thoughts, boys. Here with Chemist Warehouse. Great savings every day. Australia leading France 1-0. Can you believe it? Live in the SENZ app right now. You can hear our live call of the World Cup group stage. Uh, we're going to give you an update on that. On the other side, we'll also read a couple of texts. Paulie Moati is not far away. We'll get to him after the news. Kimby, give me your best goal. Goal! Yeah, it was pretty good because uh, France have scored one one all. <laughs> <laughs> They've tied it up. Was a good header. Um, merci, Bossu. <laughs> <laughs> chasing them down. Uh, Australia started really hot, and France looked a little bit disorganised to kick them off, but they look like they've settled now. 29 minutes through. I need to pest Brother Louis for a tip so I can get a hundy to join the Quaddy Crush. Yes, you do, Brett. And you've still got time. There are still limited spots available for the Quaddy Crush. We're going to be attacking Quaddies all summer long. We've got 10,000 via the TAB, 10,000 via SENZ, and we just need you to stick in your $100 if you want to be a part of us having a go at some quaddies and then eventually giving you back a wee dividend. How do you get involved? SENZ forward slash win for the quaddie crush. Go put your details in there. And I do have a tip for you, Brady, coming up after the news with Aroha for Kubota. Together we're shaping and building New Zealand. Twenty-seven away from nine o'clock. Welcome back into Zen Kempi for breakfast. Uh, we're going to talk a little bit about Russia Erasmus before the end of the hour, which I'm excited to hear Izzy's thoughts on because he is a cooked human, says Izzy. <laughs> so we'll see what he means <laughs> by that. Are you there, Izzy? Yeah, I'm just stretching. Oh, you're on the floor. <laughs> Sorry, yeah. I just heard you giggling. I was, didn't know you were there. Um, yeah, I'm listening. <laughs> yeah, well, we can talk about the cooked human Rossi Erasmus in a wee bit uh, after some love racing. And we give you an update on this. From the French. And it repeats chances, repeat forays, and another one coming up here for Mbappe to Rabiot towards Giroud. And France go 2-1 up. Oh, <laughs> Yeah, we can hear the... That was, the, 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 that bu- was a deflated call. <laughs> the, bu- the bubble was really popped <laughs> in Australia, hasn't it? It's a bit early. It's only 32 minutes into the game. Uh, yeah, but he was losing the plot when Goodwin scored, and then he was like, and then Mbappe. It's <laughs> <laughs> 50th goal for France, one of the best-looking blokes on the planet, Olivier Giroud. And, um, yeah, they're still on track for a seven-goal win, Kempi. So we'll keep you updated with that. It's in the SEN app, right, SENZ app right now if you are interested. Uh, Brett, you wanted the tip. Well, I actually had one I quite liked at uh, Avondale today, and it's been scratched because I don't know if, if you're in the 09 region, you'll know it is yucky weather outside. You know, Sam Whitelock said he had a yucky feeling after that All Blacks, All Blacks draw. Well, I've got a yucky feeling about the weather. And it's a heavy 10, a dead set heavy 10 at Avondale today. So the horse I wanted to tip has been scratched, which I thought would handle it. I found you another one and a half that you can have a bet on. Race number six, full of sincerity. Craig Zaki, my new favourite South African. Sorry, Warren Kennedy, I dropped you pretty quick. But Craig Zaki got us paid on our Tristabel in their last at uh, Pookie in the weekend. So he got the Punters Club members paid. Andrew Forsman, runner, full of sincerity, uh, has probably been racing in stronger races than this, and dead set 
Falu late on the seven, uh, the soft seven track at Tauranga last start, and it just looked like he was enjoying his work the further and further it went. So the maiden mile today, I think if Craig Zaki can get him a bit handier, and it's a smaller field, so that shouldn't be an issue, I reckon he'll be too strong for them and break his maiden in his third start. That is number eight, race six at Avondale today, full of sincerity. And then if you wanted something to multi it into, because I know what you're like, Izzy, maybe you just roll some of your profits into Kiwi's Cruising in race nine. Craig Grills pays the bills, Stephen Marsh. This is a reliable man, uh, Gelding, and he won't have an issue with the track. You wouldn't suspect on his breeding out of Keeper Cruising. Um, has run good races to date, and that last race it was a decent form race. Actually, he ran fifth at Pukekohe. So race nine, number one, Kiwis Cruising. But my best of the day would be race six, number eight, full of sincerity. Feed the hot hand, Andrew Forsman. Kempi, he's going well, isn't he? Yeah, he is going very well. And uh, so is the punters club that you've got going on the weekend with that Nice little kickback, three grand, I think it was, you boys made. So if you want to get into that yeah. quality crush, get yourselves to the SENZ page. Win tab. Win I've never tab. done a quality, eh? I've oh, never done a quality. Is he? you love it, mate. Just enter the quality crush. Get involved. Mm, okay. Oh. oh. On Saturday? The, today. Just go put your details in. Okay, but Four Saturday. Oh, thanks. Well, that was easy. I thought you might hold a bit of resistance. Well, I can't do it myself, so why not I'll just let you guys do it for me and then I might get a, a win. That's exactly <laughs> <'Cause>... right. <laughs> mm. The art of the quaddy is, I, I won't pretend like I've mastered it. I'll be leaning on Clado, the punt father. He'll, uh, he'll be doing a lot of work. And Steve Davis and Sticko back this Saturday. Right, Paulie Mwadi is back right now. G'day, Paul. Yes, oh, morning, boys. Morning, Paulie. Morning, Paul. How are you? Yeah, not too bad at all. Not too bad. Yeah, there's um, a bit going on at the moment with the Football World Cup. Mm. Yeah, Australia, eh? Yeah. Just trying to sneak one, but the old... You fr- got a bit back this morning, Paulie, against with Argentina losing. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm, cl- I'm glad you brought that up, Kempe, Um because <laughs> just having a look here at things here, and um, you could have got on Saudi Arabia to win 2-1 at 200 uh, to one, and there are uh, three punters who actually. Oh well, no, there are a number of punters who did uh, did that. Um, so yeah, during the game, uh, I say that again. Saudi Arabia, Saudi Arabia, Saudi Arabia to win two one got out to two hundred and one dollars. That was about ten minutes past midnight. So um, there were some punters wow. up watching, and they did get on uh, Saudi Arabia to what? win two one. Now here's here's one you want to. Here's one Do you, you call wanna, them punters? Is... Could you call them what they are? Nocturnal creatures? <laughs> here's, here's one. Here's a good bad story. Good bad story. Um, what is it? Argentina to lead at half time. Saudi Arabia to win. Um, that got out to the biggest price you could have got there was 500 to one. <laughs> okay. 500 mm-hmm. to one. Argentina to lead at halftime, Saudi Arabia to win. One one punter put a hundred dollars on, five hundred to one, to win fifty k. He cashed out about twenty minutes uh, twenty minutes later for one hundred and thirty four dollars. Oh no! What? No. 
He took a seventy bucks. He took a seventy bucks. It was fifty dollars, was it? No, he put a hundred on and cashed out for one hundred and thirty-one. Is that what you said? Thirty-one bucks. One hundred thirty-four. Forty. And so about thirty-four bucks. Twenty, and he would have made five hundred rack. Fifty k. He would have made fifty k. Fifty k. Oh, thank God. Yeah. <laughs> that is the blowout punting blowout of the year. That's got to go in your um your minty moments awards that you do at the TAB and Petoni every Christmas party, Paulie. That'll be like the the joker of the year, won't it? Yeah, well, I'm glad that we found someone because usually it's me that gets put in that slot. So yeah. <laughs> oh, that's a shambles. Um, people yeah. will still be. Uh, you can go obviously and have a look. So, the beauty of the football World Cup is there's so many games for so many weeks. So France right yeah, now. Perfect. And Australia, and today at Avondale, there's a $25,000 guaranteed quaddy. Paulie, appreciate you telling us that good, bad story. We'll talk again tomorrow, mate. See you later. Cheers, boys. Don't forget all the promotions as well. Bonus back, same game claims, mega multis. Get stuck in the Football World Cup. It's on. (laughs) Yes, Paulie. I'll tell you who's on you are. Yeah, he's on one. Great stuff. TAB.co.nz. R18 Gamble responsibly. You would never cash out, would you, Izzy? Never cash out, brother. Never. Not for 34 bucks. Is cashing out like kicking the ball out if you're drawn? Yeah. 100%. I had, a, I had an opportunity to cash out on the weekend and <laughs> I was like, no way. Last leg. Second. You did cash out that one time I told you to. Actually. Oh my, yes, <laughs> you're right, and I wanted to jump through that phone. Oh my... Yeah, that hurt. Yeah, never cash out, eh? It really hurt. But the, but never you cash out. But, but remember, you still wouldn't have won. And then you told me, on the bubbles, this is the Mark Walker, on the bubbles, apparently, apparently. <laughs> you still wouldn't have won. Oh, so good. 19 away from nine. Um, yeah, the daggy. Angry now. Daggy never forgets. <laughs> We'll get to some of your texts and talk Rassi Erasmus after this. 14 minutes away from 9 o'clock, and right now, Rassi Erasmus is in the middle of serving a two-match ban from match day activity after a social media... um, I don't think it's an outburst. It's because it's tactical and completely contrived. A social media philosophy that allows him to criticise referees heavily of what he thinks are contradictions in the sport of rugby, which we know rugby is absolutely full of. Um, he has dominated press conferences. John Schmidt, as Izzy alluded to in the first hour of the show, has come out and criticised him. His players and the people inside the Springboks camp um, seem to just give him adoration and they really enjoy it, which has led to many thinking the Springboks camp currently is nothing but siege mentality. That's their spirit of their camp, everyone is against us, including World Rugby and the referees. And Izzy, you called him a cooked human in the first hour of the show. Well, it, <laughs> yeah, it, was, it was early. It was early on, really. Um, but, mate, look, it's just a, a horrible situation. Like, he's trying to backtrack from his um, his recent tweets about referees because they were getting a ton of abuse. But for me, I just get a sense, like, Rassi Erasmus, when he took South Africa to the World Cup glory and what he was about. He, he was a different coach now. I think at the moment he's got kind of full of himself a little bit, if that makes sense. Like he's, it's all about Rassi at the moment. Rassi Arasmus is the spring box. He's sitting up top and he is bigger than the team. And I think it's having a, 
a huge impact on on South Africa at the moment and like what they're about, their beliefs and fellow players are starting to lose interest, they're losing the faith of world rugby and potentially because of the criticism that they are uh, that he's providing uh giving to the refs is having a huge impact on on the South African team when they're playing on the field. And if I'm going to be completely it's, it's cost some matches. It has cost some matches and this is the Rassi Erasmus uh, situation. This isn't the first time he's been banned. He got twelve months banned. It's just not a good look. Yeah, yeah, he's got a, a twelve-month ban. Like this is a horrible look for South African rugby, the current world champs, and they are struggling. They have won what one game in the last six or seven. Like that, they've lost a ton of rugby this year, and it hasn't been good making. I just generally think it's time for Rassi to to move aside. I actually generally think it's time for Rusty to step aside and let the South African rugby recover without Rusty. But you said it. The players are starting to believe it. And I haven't been in coach by and they've been on the inside. But what we see is quite bizarre, I reckon. It's it's reflective of when you're sitting in those seats uh, of the organisation and the people that are represented within that organisation. If you've got someone in that position that goes around and creates that type of um, chatter it actually sits really poorly across the values of the whole of the whole organisation, mate. And he needs to go. Like you can't do that, you know. When you've got, and I'll tell you, the I'll tell you, World Rugby need to step up to the plate. Like stop pussyfooting around with a bloke that's actually challenging the most important part, the integral part of the game, which is the referees. Because without the referees, then we wouldn't have a game. Now you've got referees deciding not to go and want to referee South Africa. World Rugby, sort your sort your stuff out. But Kimpy, just to play devil's advocate here, don't World Rugby need to sort their referees out and their actual game out? Because if they actually yeah. if they fix the the problem. Here is Russie, but that's the ambulance at the bottom of the cliff. The actual problem with rugby at the moment is what we saw with Matthew Reynal in the All Blacks mm. game in the weekend, what we see, the inconsistencies across the game, which is then leading to this sort of behaviour on social media, is he? Don't get me wrong. Like The referees need to have a review. Have their review. Have their review be reviewed. I've been saying that for years because when we play poorly, we get reviewed and we get spoken about, you know, in different avenues. Um, so I, I 100% agree they need to be reviewed and there's a lot of work that needs to go into these arrests. But it's just the way that he goes about it. Like, who creates a video and sits in front of it in his throne and just absolutely <laughs> tees off and then puts it out there for, for the public to to have their own comments? It's probably not – it's the way that he goes about it that I just can't understand. And, and it's just like the aura that he gives off. It's starting to to waver now, and I reckon, yeah, it's, it's getting old. So he's rubbing everybody else the wrong way, but the reason I said siege mentality is how they're taking it inside the Springbok camp, because this is the quote... Oh, they'll be loving it. This is the quote from Ninabar, the actual coach. We can't control <laughs> narratives of other people's opinions about us. Whatever people think about us, they will think about us. We know what happens inside and how we are as tight as we are as a group. In terms of Russie's ban, we focus on rugby, and I guess there will be a lot of questions about the ban as a coach. I don't want to go into those things. I'll focus on rugby more. Sometimes it's disappointing when there are only certain facts that go out to the people from outside. Obviously, only have those facts and available so they can form an opinion on something that has happened. And obviously, they don't know all the facts. It's quite sad if you think about it. The facts are out there. People would have a different opinion. They've fully gone siege mentality, Kimpy. <laughs> well, I'll tell you what. I, look, I hear what you're saying about the referees but that's going to always be an issue that they're going to have to yeah. work through. You don't go and take the 
the ball and to put it in your own court and then decide that your executioner, um, which Ras is done, and he needs to be held accountable for it. You can't see mm. if they don't deal with him, then anyone could can do it, and then it becomes a mm. like you see the, the ambulance at the bottom of the cliff. It becomes a massive issue. So they've banned him for 12 months previously. He's been stood down for two games. What he's done this time is less severe than that hour-long rant he did last time. But I don't know where you go. How you, Izzy, you said it's time to move on from him. That would mean He's the director of rugby, so that would mean that South African Rugby Board would have to move him on. Um, World Rugby, do it. what can they do? I don't know what's available to them unless he, unless he does something that is... Mate, any coach will tell you... If that guy was doing that and you were coaching the team, all right, and it was affecting the way that they were refereeing your side, you would want him out, way gone. So I don't know if if he's that good at convincing his coach that he's doing the right thing, you're dead right. They've all got rocks in their heads. Well, we only know half the facts. That's <laughs> quite sad. Seven away from nine. <laughs> Give us the facts then, Nimba. Cooked human. That was one of the funniest things I heard all day. <laughs> Seven away from nine. <laughs> it was six o'clock. To wrap it up with Smithy after this. Wow, thanks to Temple. Let's sleep on it with Smithy for the last time of 2022. Morning, Smithy. How you going? Yeah, good, Louis. Nice to hear you back. Yep. All good. Yep. Nice to see you. We'll catch you next year. Uh, possibly, yeah. You just never know, do you, like, what life will bring? But uh, no. Um, yes, I, I'm off. Um, actually, off down, down south for some uh, SENZ work uh, tomorrow. And then nice. um, off to yeah, off to um, Australia for some uh, cricket commentary. Yeah, just watching the, the oh, football. Mate. Actually, France are a street ahead of Australia, aren't they? Goodness me, when they get serious. <laughs> Smithy, you're a busy man, mate. Busy man yep. going forward. So looking forward to getting home. And when are you going to finish up with the cricket? When do you finish that? Um, you get a break. Which cricket? Um, which cricket, mate? Um, I've got um, I've got some work to do in Australia for um, oh, okay. Australian television actually, so I'll be oh, okay. uh, coming back on Sky New Zealand with Australia versus the West Indies and Australia versus South Africa. Nice, yeah, mate. nice, mate. You oh, you enjoy your summer. You enjoy your summer. Good to Will hear do. your voice, mate. Quickly, just what you got coming up on your show uh, today? Talking to the legendary Ravi Shastri from India. Um, that's uh, one of the big highlights. Mark Watson and Kimberly Downs on the panel. David Belsky, uh, we'll uh, talk uh, golf with him. Uh, and we've got uh, George Berry as well coming up. Uh, and that's uh, about uh, the NBA. So we've got plenty of quality and uh, opportunity for talk back as well. On our show, which is now partnership with Brandt. Have a great morning. It's Ty Power's Big Footy final sale. To kick things off, you can get the power to buy three and get one free on selected Toyo passenger car and SUV tyres. Ty Power's Big Footy final sale can't last. Visit typower.com.au now.